You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Wednesday edition of Sports Call, live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Berry with me here this afternoon. A lot to discuss today. On the program, as at 4 o'clock, we'll have Brian Matthews on. He'll talk all things Auburn baseball and a little Auburn football with us as uh, kind of recap the busy portal period, but also talk about this red-hot Auburn baseball team who once again beats Missouri last night four times. They beat the Missouri Tigers in the last six or seven days. And so Auburn moving on to the double elimination part of the SEC tournament. So we'll preview the rest of the SEC tournament and again talk about last night's game. Of course, we'll have all your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line and much more throughout today's show. Again, Ryan, Tom, and Cam with you here this afternoon. We'll start with Cam. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. Enjoying a Wednesday. Just, uh, you know, hanging out, uh, watching a lot of NBA, honestly, just trying to keep, keep up with that. Um, Boston somehow got a win. So uh, behind T- Jason Tatum finally scored in the fourth quarter of this um, Miami Heat series. Um, have really been just enjoying watching uh, some new some new teams, really some new faces get the spotlight um, in in the NBA. So um, just really been enjoying that. Uh, loved watching the uh, you know even though it was a 4-0 sweep did really enjoy watching the Lakers Nuggets series and um, yeah Nikola Jokic man he, he's he's something serious to uh, to behold um, so yeah just been been doing really good on, on Auburn baseball is just continuing their hot streak and just continuing to kill it man uh, didn't get to watch the entire game uh, last night just because I, I had to go to bed but um, it was it was um it was, I mean, 10 to four. I mean, that's just a route and, and these bats really have the potential. Um, if the pitching can, can really stay as consistent as they've been, uh, this Auburn team can, can go far in the SEC tournament and go far, um, in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament. So definitely exciting to watch, but I'm doing great. And then Tom Peavy with us again. Tom, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a big win for Auburn baseball, nine in a row now for them. And, uh, Hot streak continues, and uh, again, it, it's it's not been just one particular person that has really gotten it hot. It's been the whole team. It's been the pitching has been hot, the hitting has been hot, and uh, four in a row over Missouri uh, now, and then and nine total. So, hot streak, man. Yeah, they, and, uh, and and hopefully they're going to keep this run going. Yeah, we'll lead off the show with that. No pun intended, but uh, Auburn. Uh, with a, another win, ten to four, they they struggled a little bit early defensively yeah. and pitching wise. Got down four to three in the middle innings, but then 
the key was that right after they got down 4-3, they immediately scored four in the fourth and kind of maintained a 7-4 lead until they stretched it out in the eighth. That Cole Foster hit a ball at the Hoover <sighs> Met last night, which I don't think uh, many Birmingham Barons back when they played there uh, hit them that deep. Uh, I, I That was a, a crushed ball. Uh, you also had a Bryson Ware home run late. Uh, again, Tommy Vale, I, I, I missed the first few innings. Uh, I saw innings about four or five uh, through the rest. Uh, and I understood that there were some um, controversies with balls and strikes kind of early on where Tommy yeah. Vale was getting squeezed. And even to right. the point where even the neutral uh, SEC Network postgame uh, mentioned, uh, Dari Noka mentioned a couple times, that uh, Auburn uh, looked like for all the world that that was a strike and called a ball and turned into a walk and, and all that. Uh, but uh, getting through some mid-inning controversy for the first win in Hoover in quite some time, in your in your mind, uh, is Auburn now locked to host a regional? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely think so, which is so surprising, right? We – you know, Todd, just when we're thinking about softball and baseball and the comparison of how these teams were, we had all expected softball to be the host team. And this Auburn uh, baseball team has gotten so uh, so hot. And, and they, I mean, I, I'm, I think they are all but a lock to be a host now. So what a, what a switch of um, expectations at this point. Um, this team is just, just caught fire at the right time. And, and it, uh, I've mentioned this before, it just kind of seems like um, – Butch Thompson's teams kind of do that. You know, they kind of tread water and, you know, the teams kind of have always been expected to finish low. Uh, this team was, I think, expected to finish, um, I think, last in the SEC West and they finished third in the SEC West, if I remember correctly, um, and uh, picked to finish among the bottom of, of the SEC in general and they finished fifth. Um, so uh, just, just a team that um, you know, did struggle early, but found their groove, kind of found their rhythm, especially the pitching. We knew the offense was never much of a problem. They were always able to get the hits. Uh, it was a, it was the defense that, that really was a problem, and now this team seems to have, have found it, and, and they're firing on all cylinders. So kudos to them for, for really uh, figuring it out and, and Butch Thompson tweaking things here and there, especially with the pitching rotation, uh, figuring out where he wants these, his certain guys to be, um, and and, and they've really dominated in their roles. The thing I, I see with this team, and I, I don't want to really, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, right? But it, it's it's eerily reminiscent of the run that Auburn's basketball team went on to the Final Four. Because yeah. if you remember, you're right. If you remember after that Kentucky game and uh, that that basketball season, after the Kentucky game where Auburn got blown out, there was real talk that Auburn may not even make the NCAA tournament. I mean that that was legit talk. That they were kind of on that bubble, may or may not make it, and, and you were looking at the rest of the schedule, and as you know, it was daunting. And now you get the same thing after that Alabama series where Auburn lost at the series to Bama, and we're just not doing anything. And I mean, they were they were listed as first four out. And I mean, they've just gone on this magical run all of a sudden. Now, granted, there's a lot more games left to play to to get to where they need to be to to equal that. However. I, I see the the similarities to that. Get hot at the exact right time and just start making a run. And, and I mean, that's what they're doing. And, and again, it's not just one person. It's no. not one person. It's not two people. And game to game, it could be different people. You know, Cole Foster with the home run last night. 
It could be Ike Irish stepping up. It could be Cason Howell stepping up. Tommy Vale didn't have his best stuff yesterday, or he was getting squeezed, however you want to call it. But somebody else from that pitching rotation stepped up and got the right. job done. Yep. They only used they, three pitchers yesterday. Exactly. And we remember Auburn used to go through about five, six yeah. consistently. So, so, I mean, you want to talk about a team that – a group that's playing team baseball right now is, is Auburn. I mean, it, it's, it's really fun to watch. Eight of the nine starters for Auburn last night had a hit. Yep. Uh, five of the nine had RBIs. As you mentioned, Cam, after Tommy Vale left the game, no more runs were allowed. Chase Isbell went three innings of shutout ball. And then Zach Crotchfelt, two and a third innings, only one hit and four strikeouts. He was dominant in his four uh, or his uh, two and a third innings. Tonight it will be Chase Alsup who gets the start. This is now the portion of the tournament. Where there's just going to you're going to start to bleed some arms throughout the the, right. the course of place. The, the the depth of everyone will get tested. Obviously, Auburn's still overall not known to have one of the better pitching staffs in the SEC. Although just about everyone has at least pitched their best, whatever version of that that is, they have pitched their best here in the last three or four weeks, and so that gives you some confidence. And again, that game could have really. Uh, kind of gone in a direction where it could have progressed to where Auburn had given up a lot of runs. I mean, to give up just four when you had had a couple team errors uh, defensively, you'd walk some batters. Uh, that that could have gone off the rails there, and again, that's why I was impressed that, that they were able to go the, the second half of the game and, and not give up much of anything, uh, and let alone no runs. So uh, Auburn's next up. Uh, here's the bracket for you. So. Auburn's still in that latter half of the bracket, I guess the bottom half, uh, where they will play Vanderbilt tonight. Working on the time for that game, uh, you know, r- relatively speaking, should be, you know, coming into the day should have been about an eight o'clock start time, given that the Florida and Alabama game, which precedes it, is supposed to start at four thirty. But uh, I just don't think there's a way Florida and Alabama will get underway at four thirty, given that uh, Arkansas and Texas A&M are still in the fifth inning right now. Uh, and of course, you got to have 30, 35 minutes in between games. So, uh, with that in mind, probably looking latter half of the eight o'clock hour, or again nine o'clock hour uh, for a start time tonight. Now, again, good thing that there is not weather today uh, because the games have been slower. That's why we're shocker still running behind a little bit. We tend to do that in Hoover, uh, but uh, it should not be egregiously late. If anything, it might move up a little bit from last night's time. But thinking about. 9 o'clock, something like that is probably when the game will get underway. Again, this is now double elimination. So Auburn will match, uh, will, will play whoever they match results with between the Florida and Alabama game. So if Auburn wins, they'll play the winner of that game. If Auburn loses, they'll play the loser of that game. Uh, Florida has a pretty gaudy record against Alabama where I think they've won 21 of their last 25, they said on the SEC Network telecast. Sheesh last night but bama did get one of those four this year against florida and alabama has been playing just about as well as anybody anyway yes alabama has also gotten on a very hot streak. ever since they fired they fired bohan and they fired bohan and and all of a sudden they've gone on a hot streak. yeah so uh and alabama figures to be a regional host too especially with with getting that important win over kentucky so uh you're dealing with scenarios where florida 
and Vanderbilt are the higher seeds, but they're going to be uncomfortable with the with the, the temperature of the teams they're playing in Alabama and Auburn. But that is the side of the bracket they play in. And go ahead and give you the times. If Auburn loses, then they will play the second game of the day tomorrow. Okay, they will play again the 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 loser of the Florida Alabama game in that scenario. But it'll be the second game, so much earlier in the day than what you're accustomed to. Be about about lunchtime. And if they win, they will once again maintain uh, their uh, status as uh, a late-night game. They will be the last game of the day again tomorrow if they're able to win, again, playing the winner of Florida and Alabama. So uh, we'll see how all that transpires. Again, still running a little bit behind today with the, uh, with the Texas A&M and Arkansas game. Uh, a big result yesterday was that Tennessee lost. That was another team kind of on the regional host bubble. Aww. Yeah, everyone's really sad about that and broken up. And uh, outside of Knoxville, everyone just just doesn't know how to how to move forward from here. Uh, again, Alabama was another regional bubble host, but they got a big win. Obviously, Auburn with another big win, um, and then Texas A and M uh, for for the bubble for the NCAA tournament at large. Uh, that was a nice win for them to get over Texas A&M. Missouri season uh, ended with the lost Auburn. They were a team that needed to get hot in Hoover to make the uh, the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So I think I've covered just about everything from the from the bracket. Yeah, I think you did. One thing we didn't talk about: how about the friggin' home plate umpire chasing Cole Foster down the line after that home run? What a yeah. yeah, I as I do let him have fun. What a no fun guy. He's, he's trying, trying to, to control some nicely. things. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looked it looked like he was it looked like he was already anticipating Cole celebrating. Cole was lit too. He was lit, <laughs> but I mean, the umpire like I mean, yeah, just, like, I mean, immediately, immediately jumped up and was on him. I, I mean, it, and like I said, it almost looked like the home plate umpire was expecting Cole Foster to. Act. Go all Tennessee on everybody. Yeah, yeah I guess. No fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, there was some some not just bias. There were some real gripes with the uh, with the home plate umpire last uh-huh. night. Again, to the point that neutral parties on the SEC network were were talking about yeah. it too. We're gonna go to our first timeout of the show. When we come back, we'll go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger ninety five point nine. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. I'm Jeff Whitaker, Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger Back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Brian Lavoy, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy with you here this afternoon. Again, we apologize having trouble through the Mixler stream, which connects us to the Sports Call tab on the, the website. Uh, we have tried absolutely everything. We've 
contacted supports and had three people in the office work on it. Had it working for a couple of days, lost it again. Still trying to get a permanent fix on that. But uh, you have plenty of other ways to listen. You can listen on the website through Tiger 95.9 FM. You can listen on the app through Tiger 95.9. Obviously, after the fact, on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. So a lot of ways to listen to our show today. 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-889-TIGER-9. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you doing? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. Who do you think is going to win the NBA Finals uh, tomorrow and Friday? Yeah, so the the NBA Finals will start uh, next Thursday. They're still in the Conference Finals right now uh, between the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics. I still have a lot of confidence that the Heat will get this done again uh, now that the Lakers lost the Nuggets. Teams that go down 0-3 in the playoffs are 0-150, and so... Uh, even though it was a positive step for Boston, obviously saving their season, they've still got a long way to go. My money would still be on the Miami Heat. Okay, so I'm actually going to probably take the Boston Celtics and seeing if they're going to win uh, tomorrow in the Eastern Conference Finals. But um, I'm looking at um, a lot of different uh, key players for the Boston Celtics for tomorrow night. Uh, one is Jason Tatum, and I'm going to see if he's going to make three-pointers. And if he actually makes a couple of three-pointers in the first and second half of the game, and probably uh, seeing if the Boston Celtics would ho- will hold off on, uh, you know, if they can hold out um, of winning, uh, of the losing streak that they've been having. But if they win out and uh, trying to defeat the Miami Heat, then I'll probably see them advance to the finals uh, next Thursday as well. So I'm just going to see how things are going to play out with Jason Tatum and uh, uh, Jalen uh, Brown. Jalen Brown and uh, Giannis. Those three are, are really key uh, component players that I'm actually looking at uh, for tomorrow night's game as well. All right. Yeah, no, I think Boston, I mean, you are right in that uh, if Boston wins out, they will uh, win the series and, and go on to the NBA Finals. But but we shall see. Again, uh, credit to Boston for responding uh, after really looking like they didn't care that much in Game 3. And uh, they will be going back home. They've actually had a losing record at home this postseason, which is kind of hard to believe an NBA team would have that. So uh, I, I, I like Boston's chances to, to force a Game 6, but I'm not sure it goes beyond there. But, but again, we'll see. And uh, I, I think everyone can appreciate more basketball because – Again, with the final, the finals is a hard date. They're not moving it from next Thursday. So, uh, if it, the the conference finals end early, then you just don't have basketball for a little bit a uh, little bit of time. So, it's good to have another game or two. Yes, as well. And then with the Auburn uh, tournament that's going to be played tonight, I'm just going to see who's going to start for tonight's game against Vanderbilt. And I think these two teams we played. Uh, we played in the regular season in Plainsman Park, so I think these two teams on paper, I really think that Auburn would uh, come out on top as the victor. So I think this will be like a 12-7 to 7, uh, lead on the scoreboard tonight as well. Yeah, Auburn actually uh, did not play Vandy this year. I think they played them last year uh, mm-hmm. in a series. But, uh yeah, you know, it is a, it's always a tough matchup for Vanderbilt. They are historically an awesome baseball program. They've been good for a long time. 
Uh, they are the four seed, so Auburn almost caught them in the overall SEC standings, and Auburn's playing as good as anyone. So, But, of course, one-game scenarios, you got to play your best baseball, and we're certainly looking forward to watching it tonight. Yeah, so if we actually advance, I'm going to be watching the game after this one. I'm going to be watching Alabama and Florida to actually see who Auburn will play, and I'm actually going to um, actually put – you know, Auburn and Florida, I mean, Auburn and Alabama again. So I just want to see a rematch of the Iron Bowl being played. And I think Auburn would uh, take this win out as well. Yeah, it's very possible Auburn ends up playing Alabama before the week is over again. As you said, they're matched up with Florida there. And uh, so if Auburn and Alabama both do the same thing today, whether they both win or both lose, they will play uh, tomorrow if they match results. So it's very possible we end up seeing that game and, uh, Alabama took two out of three in Tuscaloosa, so Auburn in need of some revenge there. Yeah, so will um, where will Alabama be playing their game today? Yeah, it's it's all at the Hoover Mets. It's all in in, in Birmingham. Um, Hoover is a suburb of Birmingham, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll they'll play all that. That's the old Birmingham Barons Stadium before the Barons moved downtown, and mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that's hosted the SEC tournament for a long time. Okay, so if um, if we actually play against Alabama, I know this is going to be a really uh, hot ticket in Hoover because we actually did play them. Um, I think this was uh, long, like last couple of weeks ago when they actually came to Montgomery for the Max Capital City Classic, and I was actually there in person to actually see a great matchup and one of the historic matchups in my hometown of Montgomery, Alabama, and I would love to see that actually happen again which uh, it will happen really, really soon in 2024. So I'm just going to see how things are. And I know a lot of fans, they're, they're wanting, like a lot of Auburn fans, they're wanting to actually bring that, uh, that classic matchup back to Montgomery as well. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Auburn does like to kind of go around the state and play various neutral site games and certainly try to play a lot of the other in-state teams, they've they've obviously played teams like Troy, UAB, Jacksonville State, and Sanford um, a, a lot these last few years, and I, I assume they'll continue to do so. Yes, as well, because with Auburn um, baseball, I haven't been to Plainsman Park this year, but I would love to go to Plainsman Park uh, next year in 2024 and uh, seeing some great history. And um, one of my uh, first times ever seeing – on uh, national TV, actually seeing the Eagle actually fly in Plainsman Park. That was pretty amazing. I've never seen that actually happen. I've always saw that. I've already always saw that like in Jordan-Hare Stadium because it's a bigger venue for the Eagle to fly, but that's really amazing that they've actually put that uh, in perspective as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people were fired up for that and it was uh, so nice they did it twice when they when they did it again this past weekend against Missouri when uh, Auburn was having their uh, final series of the regular season. So I expect we'll probably see that more uh, in the future with any big matchups Auburn might have. Yes, as well. And then tonight with the NHL uh, playoffs, I'm actually watching the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, the Florida Panthers. And I'm actually rooting for Carolina because I know – our good buddy, uh, J.J., he is from Carolina, so that's why I'm actually picking the Carolina Hurricanes to actually win tonight's game 
and uh, seeing a great matchup between my Dallas Stars and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes as well. Yeah, you're unfortunately, James, you're rooting for the two teams that are down 0-3. The 0-3 has been a theme of conference finals, both in the NBA and NHL. But yeah, I'm going to tell JJ that you're you're rooting hard for the Hurricanes on his behalf. Yes, as well, because I know he is from uh, Carolina, so uh, that's why I actually picked uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, seeing if, if they're going to win as well. Yeah, we shall see. They're big hole to climb out of, but you got to start somewhere just like the Celtics started last night. Maybe the Hurricanes can get it going tonight. Yes, as well, because I know these four teams in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, I know it's going to be Dallas uh, tomorrow playing against the Las Vegas Knights and uh, tonight seeing uh, the Florida Panthers and the uh, Hurricane, the Carolina Hurricanes and seeing if they're going to actually bring a lot of uh, stormy weather to Florida as well. Uh, yeah, we, we shall see. We shall see. What else you got for us today? Well, I'm actually going to be uh, looking at some uh, 2024 NBA draft and uh, seeing where uh, some of our guys from Auburn might be picked. So I'm just hoping to see if uh, Janiah Broom will be picked uh, first off, first overall in the 2024 NBA draft of this of this uh, coming up season for next year. Yeah, I, I, I must say, I, I, if he does go pro and leaves his name in the draft, that he will not be, he will not be taken first overall or, or likely in the first round. He, he would be a, a second round type of guy uh, if he were to get drafted. And still, he's got to make that decision. We are about a week away from from having to turn that decision in, stay in the draft, or come back to school. So we'll know pretty soon. Uh, but but it is debatable whether he will come back or not. Yes, as well, because when the NBA draft starts, I'm going to be looking at some new uh, players that might be going into the NBA G League and uh, seeing if some players might be going uh, in the G League and uh, seeing if they're going to be coming to the Texas Legends. And we really do need a lot of uh, new player, uh, a lot of new players that are going to be coming into the G League for my Texas Legends uh, basketball team that's affiliated with the uh, Dallas Mavericks as well. So we really do need a lot of help as well. Speaking of the Dallas Mavericks, James, do you want Kyrie Irving to stay with the Mavericks for next year? Um, that was a discussion that somebody did tell me uh, over uh, last week, and they did say, uh, did I want Kyrie Irving to stay with the Dallas Mavericks? And I said, no, he could actually uh, leave the Dallas Mavericks and maybe go to um, Boston uh, the Lakers or Miami, just to name those three teams as well, that might need uh, his uh, his great uh, criteria from the Dallas Mavericks as well. So you just kind of want Luca to kind of rock by himself and, and just see if he can do it all himself with Dallas. Um, I'll, I'll just probably uh, see if my if my good friend um, Luca would actually do it. By himself because I rem- I actually put Luca as uh, as a younger version of uh, Dirk Nowitzki so I see a lot of similarities between the Hall of Famer uh, Dirk Nowitzki with uh, Luca as well so he reminds me of Dirk Nowitzki as well. Well, he's certainly been off to an incredible start in his young NBA career and. Uh, there's kind of been a foreign takeover of some of these top players in the NBA when you see what Nikola Jokic has done for Denver, Giannis Antetokounmpo for Milwaukee, and then what Luke has been trying to do for Dallas. And 
And uh, we will see if, uh, you know, Luke is even younger than those guys. So we'll see what his future holds and what Dallas's future holds. What else? Or I guess uh, one final thought for us today, James, before we got to let you go. Well, I'm actually going to be seeing my Dallas uh, Wings uh, tomorrow and seeing if we're going to uh, take a win up in uh, Seattle and uh, see if we're going to win it. Yeah, very early on in the WNBA season. So hope for all those organizations. We'll see how it goes. All right, sounds good, and talk to y'all guys on tomorrow in War Eagle. War Eagle, James. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Appreciate his phone call today. We're going to take our next time out of the show. Still got birthdays and sports coming up. Still got another trip to the Auburn Bank phone line. Again, reminder, Brian Matthews coming up at 4 o'clock. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Barry. Appreciate James from Montgomery for calling us. Also want to give a shout-out to our intern, T.P. Hammock, who's with us throughout the, the semester here, throughout the summer. He's in, a, in the studio with us right now. Uh, you're going to hear him throughout the summer. We'll uh, probably get him on next week. Um, just a news to him right now, too. Probably get him on next week uh, for the first time. We'll have uh, one of our Wacky Wednesday segments and uh, appreciate TP for uh, being with us throughout this summer. Going to learn a lot and, uh, yeah, happy to have him in here. So uh, a lot to do again today. Show 4 o'clock, Brian Matthews coming up. A lot of Auburn baseball to discuss, a lot of uh, Auburn football transfer portal thinking it's about over with at this point uh probably i guess maybe one or two more guys in there but we'll kind of recap uh the portal period with brian too got more phone calls in the five o'clock hour we will have uh an abridged version of a wacky wednesday won't be the full version uh but it will be food related uh, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And uh, you'll get another hint on that when birthdays and sports comes around in a little bit. But for now, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9. Next up on the show today, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve is joining us. Steve, how are you doing? I'm uh, recuperating from uh, last night, uh, the late shift, uh, as I call it, watching uh, the baseball game. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing quite well. I also did not get as much sleep as I wanted to. That's okay, because Auburn won. Well, let's talk about briefly about last night. 
Uh, I know it was Missouri, thank goodness. However, the walks and the hitting batters resurfaced again. It suddenly hit, came back up again. Uh, Vail, he, he was not himself again. And then Isbell comes in, uh, started doing the same crap. What's going on, guys? I thought we were you know, beyond that stuff, and it, it resurfaced again. Steve, I'm going to tell you what, man. Uh, there, there are going to be games where they're going to have, have some walks. That is baseball. And they ended up giving up four runs, so they got through it uh, okay. And part of it was the strike zone in the case of a, a Tommy Vale. So I know that six walks for the game is still not what you want to have. Um, but they're going to have games like that. This is college baseball. And it's I think better. That, I think the big thing is is that they survived two errors, too, defensively, and, and still gave up four runs. So. And it's better than what the pitching staff has done in previous games as well. Yeah, I mean, they had 9 and 10 11 walks at yeah, times earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still not some disaster class there. We've seen worse, okay. Steve. All right. Well, speaking of uh, the strike zone, guys, you know, as I was watching this thing, I said, no. That strike zone has gotten smaller and smaller, and it's almost about the size of my credit card. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and also I'll tell you what, too. I mean, Missouri had seven walks on the day, so they, they had one more than, than well, Auburn did. Well, what, what's going on here, guys? What's with these ups? You know, how come they uh, – I mean, it's just getting tighter and tighter uh, to throw a strike, at least uh, from, from our pitching standpoint. Yeah, every every umpire does have a different strike zone, but it feels like in the college game, I mean, a lot of things are, are geared to offense. That's kind of why they put in a pitch clock, because games are inherently a little bit longer with the higher scoring games. Team ERAs are high. Home runs are high. Uh, I think the lowest team uh, in, the, uh, in the SEC in ERA ended up in the fours this year, is what they were saying on the SEC Network. And Mississippi State, who ended up finishing – Last in ERA had over a nine ERA. That means if you walked into an inning, you expect Mississippi State pitching to give up a run every single inning. So um, I think that that is just kind of how the college game is right now, that the strike zones maybe are a little bit smaller, hitting his way up, and uh, they just want a, a, an offensive product. And they're inconsistent. Uh, on numerous occasions, at least the ones I was out watching last night, uh, McMurray, some other hand hitters were getting uh, strikes called, and yet when the opposing batters came in, it looked like the same kind of pitch. They were getting balls called. It was uh, uh, amazing. Uh, so I know we're playing Vanderbilt tonight. Uh, do you believe it's a coin toss or it's probably unlikely we can beat them? I, I, I don't think – right now the way this baseball team is playing, I don't think – it's I don't think it's team. unlikely that yeah. that uh, they lose anything. Um, yeah, Vanderbilt's good. Vanderbilt's not the powerhouse that they have been in previous years. So, uh, I mean, if Auburn keeps playing the way they've been playing, they can beat anybody, I and mean, we've seen that. They 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 took a series from the number one team in the country and the then number two team in the country. I think Auburn can play with anybody. So, I, I don't think they're scared of Vanderbilt. And no, I I don't think at all that there's any reason Auburn should not be able to beat them. Okay, and I'm rambling around here, so if I can jump. Uh, speaking of uh, hits and runs, I saw a score this morning. I said, was this a football game? 20-1? to 1? Yeah, Blue Jays and Rays last night. And I thought the Rays were supposed to be the, the best team in the Major League Baseball. 
Well, and they have been, and but again, baseball. You play one sixty-two. You're not going to win one sixty-two. Twenty to one, though. Come on. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it, well, well, ten of those runs were scored when a positional player was pitching. Yeah, not a true Ooh. pitcher. I mean, again, it's weird things happen. That's, I mean, that's that's baseball. I'd love to have money on that game. Yeah, <laughs> everyone lost unless you had the the over, or unless you had the Blue Jays in the over. I mean, that was just incredible. I saw twenty to one, and. uh I see here from Bleacher Report that apparently uh, the uh, the Heat and uh, the Celtics uh, game that uh, the Celtics apparently are close to having the same odds. It says here as did the 2004 Red Sox. Were you aware of that? I did not make that connection. I know that their odds have been good all series, despite the actual result of the series so far. Yeah, Bleacher Report says. Uh, that apparently the odds uh, are uh, right now. So the the favorites, they're the favorites. So the, the Celtics, big favorites in Game Five, and the computers think they have a decent chance, and that they're suspiciously close to the betting odds as were uh, when the Red Sox pulled it out in 2004. Of course, the Red Sox, Red Sox were coming from three one at that point, and it was three uh, zero once upon a time in in this series. Um, yeah, I mean. Look, I, I know some people are, are hyping up Boston, and, and look, they did win a game, but uh, this has still never happened. This is 0-150 in this scenario, trying to come back down from 3-0, and it's not like all 150 teams just got swept in four games. So, uh, you know, Boston got a nice win, and yes, they'll have a decent chance in game five, but to go win four straight, at some point they're going to have a bad shooting outing, Miami's going to shoot well, or, or, or just – figure out a way to beat them again one more time. They already did it three times. So I'm a little surprised by the odds, but odds kind of favor the the teams that people like to bet on, and Boston's one of those teams that, that people like to bet on. So they're going to give you some, some intriguing odds there, and, and then they're going to make their money off of that. Well, quickly, uh, speaking of odds, what are the odds for Mr. LeBron James retiring? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. I and mean, we haven't talked about this on the show. <laughs> There's some fascinating theories. I... Um I think I here's what I will say. I, I definitely do not think he has played his last basketball game. Do I think he plays next year? I do not know that. Um, I think that he very well uh, could end up resting his body for a year. I did see that. Um, I saw that. And where you know he's wait for wait for Bronny. Yeah, he's had a lot of injuries the last couple of years relative to to the any other time in his career. He played all 48 minutes. He's at that point. That's just kind of exhaustion at that point. And so I think there's a possibility that he sits a year and then tries to link up on the team that his son gets drafted to. And that's a whole other long conversation of what that could mean and, and going down that road. So the, the short answer is no. I do not believe he's played his last game. I just simply don't know uh, how these next two or three years will work, when he will be playing, who he will be playing for. But I, he's not done. I, I I honestly think that he's going to wait until Bronny gets in there and either plays plays with him on the same team or or against him. So yeah, and I and that, I mean that could be in the next year or so. Yeah, yeah I mean Bronny, Bronny only has to have one year. Usually. Yeah, and I think I think he's going to be a one and done as well. I I I don't I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I I've seen that theory that Ryan said where he he takes a year off and then waits and Bronny gets drafted and wherever Bronny ends up going then. Um, LeBron just signs with that team, um, but uh, you know, I I wherever LeBron does end up going his last season, I don't think he's done. 
uh, because LeBron's going to get a farewell tour. He's going to do that. Uh, everything that entails all of that. Um, uh, just that that's going to happen. That that's going to happen. Yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to just leave like yeah. this, uh, after losing in the Western. No, I don't see that happening at all. Okay. I will stick. I will stick you guys to your comments. And I uh, speaking, same with basketball guys. Um, you made this in comment yesterday, and I haven't listened to the podcast last night. Did y'all do Tuesday uh, Towns? Yeah, we did Town Name Tuesday, yes. Okay, well, I'll have to I'll listen to it and see what you got up. All right, stay with basketball, guys. You alluded to something about Janiah Broom. So I read some comments uh, today from uh, Nathan King, I believe, and he said he's leaning towards, you know, he got a lot of positive comments that Janiah Broom will return. Uh, you guys have heard anything differently, or you lean the other way? I I've not heard anything differently. I I absolutely throughout the whole process was was very much on the side he would return. Do I think there's a better chance now that he goes pros than pro than there was three weeks ago? Yes. Uh, I still think that there would be a slight lean um, to to coming back, but again, it's yeah. not I got set like in stone. Sixty forty. Yeah, he comes I, back. I agree with that. I think it's like sixty forty. So. Definitely not written in the stars that he is for sure returning because, as we've talked about in recent days, the dynamic is such where his draft value, his draft stock has never been better than what it is right now. And and so if he were to try and capitalize on that, it's kind of like selling high. I used the stock analogy, selling high versus using the high stock to try and continue to build the portfolio. And and so I, I don't know if if he feels that he would get drafted or if he's just very confident he would get a two-way contract and if that's enough for him or if he's hell-bent on getting drafted. I do not know. But I still think that it is probably better for him to come back, and so I think that's the way he would lean. Yep, well, I hope he does. All right, real quickly, guys, moving. Uh, did you see this article? ESPN ranks Cam Newton as number two quarterback of the 2000s. I've seen various rankings because I'm on Twitter too much, yeah, right. and it's Same. my fault for that. But um, I may I probably have seen this. Which, but which one have you seen? Where who who's number one? Steve? Okay, this is dated May 23rd from Matthew Wallace at 247 Sports. He comes from ESPN's Bill Connolly, who rated the top 35 quarterbacks of the 2000s and Auburn legends. Is this the one where Mayfield's first? I hope not. No. Okay. Oh, good, good lord! That one was bad. That yes, was it awful. Is. I'm sorry. Oklahoma's Baker Mayfield was the only quarterback yeah, not a good one. to be rated higher than Newton. Yeah. So Bill Conley, how good is he? How credible is he? I mean, he's a media guy. I mean, I, I mean, he's not as well known as some others, but I definitely know that name. I mean, it's it's not a nut. It's not a nobody. Okay, because he says here, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest single season supernova the sport has seen, voted Newton. Yeah. And but you were not impressed because. You made a, a comment about Baker Mayfield on there. Yeah, I it, look if, if I still think it's Cam, but if you go anyone else, it has to be someone like Burrow or Manziel or Tebow. It's well, not Burrow Mayfield. Was last, he was number he was five on the list. He had Vince Young. Yeah, or third. Vince. No, Tebow I wouldn't even fourth. go Vince Young. I'm, I would I would lay my foot down on that too. I wouldn't even go Vince Young. I wouldn't even do that. I think okay, Cam's a better version of Vince Young. But he had Vince Young third. Tim Tebow fourth. I'd go Vince Young over Baker. I'd go several people over Baker. 
All right, well, anyway, that was his selection. He's the quarterback of my current team. I've not watched him throw a pass, and I do not care. I don't think Baker Mayfield's in the top five. All right, moving on, guys. Another ugly head has reared itself, according to Mr. Joseph Zucker from Bleacher Report. Have you seen this one? Dated May 22nd. The NFL is investigating the second wave of possible gambling violations. Oh, boy. No, I haven't seen this, and I'm not, I, I don't, don't want to. <laughs> oh, no. Well, uh, apparently it goes on to say that um, in addition to the suspensions of um, Calvin Ridley and, and other people, they have found now that uh, there's some additional gambling that they're uh, apparently uh, investigating going on here. Uh, and do you know how they're doing this, guys? I just missed the article. Uh, they apparently have gotten the NFL into a uh, contract with a, uh, a company that can track betting that's going on uh, in the NFL to make sure that these are not being made through third parties or anything like that. And they can um, track where you're located because uh, they get a list of all the NFL players, active and non-active, and then, uh, then somehow they, they can track them. But I did not know this because we talked about, you know, the, the, the ethics of betting on other teams. But it says here that apparently, uh, even though you can't bet if you're an NFL player on NFL games, uh, you can, though, bet on another professional sports. Yeah. So it's not a complete ban on betting, only on NFL um, games itself. Right. I mean, again, that's... You have to with your own league. Right. I, I don't know if anyone would feel like you need to for other leagues, but you have to with, with guys within your own league. We, and we've discussed why many times. Yeah. Well, it says here that originally the NFL banned uh, players from betting on any professional sport. Then the policy was amended. I don't know when it was amended to allow the practice as long as it happened away from an official team or league facility. Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, I think that's okay. Again, there you could probably poke, uh, poke some holes in it. Again, as long as it's not in the sport you're associated with, that's that's the most important thing. Well, that's and you know, I'm reminded of what you had commented last week on, Brian. What's prevent me, okay, uh, from being contacted by, say, uh, some? Yeah, I mean, one of your friends in another sport. I mean, that's and, a real concern and, too. And I mean, give me the money, right? Yeah. I you mean, I want you to do an offshore bet with five dimes on this particular game. Well, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I mean that that's that's rough too, and we did talk about that. I mean, again, I I'm willing to hear both sides of it. Again, I, I'm not as opinionated. In it. I said last week, as you correctly pointed out, that that maybe it it is something that probably sh- shouldn't happen either. If you want to go down that road, but. As long as you get get the the thing get the betting out of your own particular sport, that is the thing that you absolutely is not negotiable. The other stuff, again, I'll hear out separate viewpoints there, but uh, you got to get the the stuff out of your own game. One more minute, Steve, right. and we got to get a break. One more minute. Uh, I would like to take some more time, maybe tomorrow or next week, <laughs> about this really uh, lengthy article by Steve Berkowitz from the USA Today, and it was about the uh, NCAA and the Pac-12. Uh, in Southern Cal being sued by the NLRB and uh, what all that entails and what they are accusing of the NCAA and of the Pac-12 and uh, USC of doing and what they believe 
is uh, the remedy, which I said to me uh, was troubling. Uh, because my bottom line is this, guys. You know, the, the days of Cadillac and Ryan Brown, uh, they did decided to return because they loved the university that they played for. I think those are quickly uh, disappearing. I think, unfortunately uh, for me, uh, as the late Pat Dye said, you know, all the fans love uh, Auburn. That's going away, too. That We're just going to have people... Uh, maybe one year playing for our team and next year going to another team. So, wow, uh, loyalty and, and love of, you know, somebody wearing an Auburn jersey will be, to me, pretty much non-existent. I don't like your comments maybe tomorrow on that, but uh, that, that's my disappointed feelings. And finally, finally, a rock and roll star icon has passed away at the age of 83, Miss Tina Turner. Yes, saw that today. Very sad. All right, guys, thank you for letting me ramble. My time is up. Thank you for your time as always. Have a safe afternoon and evening, and hopefully we'll pull this one out. Talk to you tomorrow. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. War Eagle. Appreciate that phone call. That is Retire Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We are out of time for hour number one on the other side of this break. Brian Matthews will join us, talk all things Auburn baseball and football. That's coming up next. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here this afternoon. And we're pleased to start hour number two by going to the Auburn Bank phone line and welcoming on Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals. Again, grateful for your time today. Brian, how are things in your world? Not bad. Um, I'm up here in Birmingham for the tournament and you know, Auburn's off to a good start and got a big game probably late tonight again against Vanderbilt. Uh, yes, we got a lot to talk about with this Auburn baseball team and even the SEC tournament as a whole and the fiasco of trying to get four games in in one day there. But uh, let's start with this baseball team. Brian, we, we last talked, I think it was in March, it was when this team was not playing its best baseball, just kind of early in the year overall. What, in your opinion, changed from the halfway point of SEC play to what we've seen now? You know, I think one of the biggest things is the pitching staff just got better. And it, and it came in steps. You know, you started to see it in the Alabama series. And, and, you know, they lost. They went over there and they lost two or three. But you saw them take some steps forward. They, they, I think they 
totaled 30 walks against Texas A&M, and they were able to cut into that a little bit. And then by the next series, um, you know, they, they came back to beat Mississippi State. They got a little bit better, and then they sort of just hit their stride. And one of those final, I think it was the final five series of the, of the regular season, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they've won nine straight, I believe, SEC games um, like going into the night. So I think the biggest thing has been the pitching staff improvement. And for them, the biggest thing has been just throwing strikes, right, and not not being so wild, not walking so many batters or throwing wild pitches or hitting batters, you know, giving all those free bases that they were, you know, six weeks ago. Well, talking about that pitching staff, and yeah, it's been a little bit of everybody, but when you've had the injuries uh, that they had that have sidelined some guys and then early in the season just kind of trying to figure things out with the lineup and everything, how big has it been for a guy like Tommy Vell to step up and really kind of become that number one for Auburn? That's been really big. And, um, you know, he wasn't his normal self, I didn't think, right. um, last night coming off that illness. Um, you know, wasn't as sharp as he normally be, and I thought that um, – Umpire was squeezing him a little bit, which yeah. was frustrating him. Uh, but he got through it, and uh, I think he'll be good to go, you know, come uh, next Friday uh, when he has to pitch in the regional. He's got plenty of time to rest up and get ready. Um, maybe even bring him back later this weekend if, if Auburn's still playing for maybe a short outing, uh, like a bullpen. But um, he's been the catalyst. He stepped up and been that number one guy. And the thing about him is um, before he had this illness, he was – you know, he, he was struggling to get out, you know, through the third and fourth and then fifth innings. And then, uh, you know, his last couple of starts before last night, you know, he's going, you know, into the seventh and really pitching well and being a little bit more efficient with his pitches and not getting such a high pitch count. So uh, if he can find that form back, you know, Auburn's got a chance going into these series. And maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, Brian, but it just fascinates me as we talk pitching. When you have to go through a scenario like this where you have so many games in such a short amount of time I mean we're used to at most of three games and two days situation maybe you know a five out of seven if you're playing a couple midweek games early in the year but you got to go day in day out here in Hoover and if Auburn's going to make a deep run there's been guys pitching two three maybe even four times if you play that many games who are the guys that you look to get a lot of work just as far as guys that are going to be capable of going to if not every single day but more days than not yeah, I mean, I think Crotchfelt can probably come back uh, later if, if Auburn continues to play. I think we'll see Bauman tonight. He'll probably follow uh, Chase Alsop, is my guess. And, you know, I think he's a guy that could go again if you need him to. Um, Will Cannon is definitely a guy they're going to count on uh, to pitch two or three times, I would think, if they continue to play. Um, but, you know, to me, the SEC tournament, you have to have guys that step up and, like, have the best you know, outings of their careers. You know, um, Auburn got a little bit of that uh, yesterday with Chase Isbell. You know, he went three innings, which I think is the second most he's pitched all season. And, uh, you know, pitched really well. And um, that's something they had to have to get to those later innings to bring in Zach to come in there and close it. And I thought Zach pitched great. So uh, a guy like Drew Nelson, whether he starts or comes in at the bullpen, he's going to have to give Auburn a really good outing for Auburn to have a chance to win this tournament. You have to have guys step up. Chase Alsup. Uh, last weekend had the best outing of his career. Can he duplicate that again uh, tonight against Bandy? You know that'll go a long way to determine whether Auburn can keep playing into uh, you know the weekend. And this part of the bracket, Brian, is very interesting to me because obviously Vandy's been one of the, the best SEC programs for a long time. It's not someone that Auburn 
saw this year. Then you've got one-seeded Florida. And then, of course, you've got rival Alabama as a possibility to play tomorrow, depending on how things go today. It yep. is, it, I know it's hard to tell because there's so many behemoths in each half of things, but is this the is this the better-case scenario side of the bracket for Auburn? What I know they got swept by Arkansas so early in the season. Does this feel like the, the better half of it, or is it just it just it's take your pick, honestly? No, I like where Auburn is. I really do. And, um, you know, you look at these teams like Florida, uh, which will be the next game, and like Vanderbilt. I know Vanderbilt is throwing, you know, a bullpen guy who hasn't started all season. I, I would expect Florida. I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's out. But they're probably not going to throw one of their top starters either because they've already sort of got things established. They know, they know that they're going to be a, a high national seed. Whereas an Auburn or Alabama is going to try to get their best pitchers in there and try to win and see how far they can take it. So um, that gives teams like Auburn and Alabama, I think, a chance in this kind of setting. So, um, I, you know, and if both teams win tonight, they're playing, um, you know, tomorrow night with a chance to, you know, clinch a spot in the semifinal. So that could be an incredible atmosphere over here at the Met if that happens. So we'll see how it goes tonight. Yeah, there should be a lot of fans there. And as you mentioned, I mean, Auburn and Alabama. Uh, along with Tennessee, who's obviously already gone home. I mean, they're the hottest teams in the SEC period yep. with, with what they've done uh, the last few weeks. As far as the NCAA seeding, I mean, again, this is a, a lot of what people talk about. And Auburn certainly, sh- I think, I think would feel good about hosting a regional now that they've gotten that Missouri game under their belt. Is there any do – you, do you feel if there's any run in here that there is a super regional top eight seed in play, or is Auburn kind of snugly within that 11, 12, 13 range, do you think? Well, I can only go by what the experts say. You know, like D1 Baseball, they said Auburn would be in the discussion for a top uh, eight spot if they were to make it to the weekend, which would be the semifinal. So I think that's something to strive for. Um, I think they had them as number 12 national seed going into the SEC tournament. And, you know, when I found a, a game or two, one way or the other doesn't necessarily affect things a lot in the SEC tournament. It's your accumulation of what you've done all season. But a run to the semifinals or finals or winning it, that can make a difference. So I think if Auburn wants an opportunity to host a Super Regional for the first time in school history, they got to get to the weekend and maybe even get farther. Um, but even hosting a Regional two years in a row would be the first time in school history. So that, that's a step forward. That's another, that's more history made for this Butch Thompson program. Give you one more on baseball, and then we'll give you a couple on uh, football. Talking to Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals here uh, on Sports Call today. So, with this SEC tournament, Brian, I'm just always fascinated as you, someone covering the tournament. I mean, do you even wake up with like a game plan of when to head to the ballpark? Or, I mean, <laughs> I mean just like there, because there's no telling weather can knock things around, and, yeah. and Auburn. Uh, even with a rain delay, it's not bad to start in the nine o'clock hour yesterday with the, the the pace of play today. So I mean, just like how do you approach covering this tournament when also the dynamic of you start in a single elimination format and then you get into the double elimination. So now Auburn's got two more games no matter what. But if they had lost last night, one and done right out of there. It's got to yeah. be got to be more of a a difficult time to kind of be able to plan things. Well, Tuesday is the hardest, right? Because you're in Auburn and you're watching the tournament, and waiting. Okay. Is there going to be a game four? Because a lot of times, you know, you get rain throughout the day and it gets pushed back and pushed back and eventually gets pushed to the, the next morning. So you got to decide when to leave. And then once you get up there, you're like, okay, it's, um, you know, past midnight. Am I going to get a hotel room and stay or is Auburn going to lose and I'm just going to want to drive straight home? But once I get here, once you get in this double elimination, you're sort of here 
And now I've already been over the park once today. Then I came out to meet some fellows to eat, and we're headed back to park here in a, in a few minutes. But, um, you know, it's just nice to be able to see, you know, different teams, see other riders and, and people in the, in the media you haven't seen for a while. So it's just a great opportunity just to hang out and watch some good baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we've we've talked about the uh, about the wonderful thing that is the SEC tournament. We've also heard some rumors. I don't want to get too deep into this, but uh, that one day it might not be in Hoover because they're getting tired of all the rain and delays there. So hopefully, <laughs> I don't want that to be the case. Don't want it to go out to Texas, but uh, it is certainly something special in uh, Birmingham. Let's let's transition to football real quickly here, Brian. Uh, obviously, the transfer portal was incredibly active for Auburn post spring. We yep. knew it would be. Let's just look at that quarterback position first with Peyton Thorne just uh, from Auburn's point of view what are they getting in in Peyton Thorne and then also just was it getting pretty nerve-wracking that there was going to actually be a guy that they'd be really uh, interested in even getting in the portal Uh, it was you know until Peyton Thorne popped in and then you knew right away that was the guy they wanted and and really I think it was a done deal even well before it was reported I I, you know I, I think he had made his decision and uh, he knew the situation really quickly, and um, he was Auburn's almost right away. A lot like um, you know, Alabama went out and got their quarterback from Notre Dame. But um, I, I think that's, a, that's the most significant addition to this team, uh, and and not just his ability. I think he brings leadership to the offense, to the team, to the quarterback position. I think that team desperately needed that from that position. They need a guy that can lead, that people look up to, that's going to be there pushing everybody else. And, you know, uh, from everything I've heard, you know, he's been here, I think, more than a week now, been hitting up the film room, been getting to know everybody, you know, already taking that role over, even though he's a, you know, some guys he's trying to lead have been around for a few years and he's just been here, you know, a, a little more than a week. But that's, you know, that's, you're getting a coach's son and you're getting a guy who, who already has experience in RPO offense. So in a lot of ways, he's ahead of some of the guys that went through spring who kind of struggled you know, to pick that offense as, as they started to put it in, um, you know, every day of the spring. So I, I think, you know, he's going to compete with Robbie and those guys in the fall for the starting job. But, you know, I, I, I have a pretty good um, feeling that he's going to end up being the starter. And I think Auburn has done, has really helped itself there. And overall, with the 20 um, transfers, 21 signees, still could be a couple more that pop up here or there. Uh, but I think Auburn's made significant strides there. I, I think this was a roster they inherited November 28th. That was good for maybe two, three, or four wins at most. And I think now they're a team that can win seven, eight, or nine. Uh, I think they can compete uh, with most of the teams in the SEC. And, you know, you just never know Jordan-Hare Stadium at night with the Georgia or Alabama. You just never know. So I'm not going to say they can't do that. Uh, but I don't think you can compete on an annual basis with those two teams right now until you start recruiting at the high school level like they do, right? You can you can make your team better in the portal, but you've got to start signing those five stars and those rivals 100 players before you're ready to be a, a national power every single year like those schools seem to be right now. And uh, looking at the wide receiver room now, uh, talk about the commitment of Jackson State wide receiver Shane Hooks, what he brings to the table. Um, he, it seems like uh, Hugh Freeze has really revamped this uh, wide receiver room uh, to an extent. Yeah, I really like Shane Hooks and Jair Shorter. You yep. know, in Shorter, you got a guy who's got that speed, the big playability, average 27, over 27 yards per catch. And then in Hooks, you got a guy who's got that size around 6'4-ish. Um, you know, you've seen some highlights of him jumping up and making catches in the red zone. 
competing for balls, right? You know, it's him and the defender one on one. He's winning those battles and and bringing down that ball. You know, those are two big elements I think you're adding to the receiving core now. And you know, some veteran guys that um, you know they want to prove themselves at this level, and they also bring a whole a whole bunch of, of games and you know snaps at the college level to this team. So I think those are two really important pickups for Auburn. And I just think Auburn's passing game went from a maybe a three or a four to a seven or eight, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been talking about the the ceiling potential change of this team and again the the vast numbers they needed. Obviously well a lot of to be determined on how much these guys play and that sort of thing, but it's been uh, fascinating to watch. Brian Matthews with us on the show today. Uh Brian, real quickly get you out of here on this. What do you have going on at Auburn Rivals? I know you, as you mentioned you're in Hoover, but uh what else does uh, the team over there at Auburn Rivals have in store for the next couple of weeks? Well, you know, besides baseball, of course, softball's over now. Uh, we're keeping an eye on the portal for basketball and football, see if anything else pops up there. And then June is about to be the most important recruiting month for Auburn, I think, in a long time. They're going to get a ton of official visitors in. This is their chance to start loading up this 24 class with top-caliber players and trying to compete with the Georgias and the Clemsons and the Alabamas and LSUs and Ohio States for these top guys. So, this next month, uh, starting that first week in June, is going to be huge uh, for this program and recruiting and really the future of this football program. So we'll be covering that really closely, too. He's Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals joining us today on Sports Call. Brian, I must say, uh, top nine A&M just hit a solo homer. I, I have a whiff of extra innings in, in Hoover. So just hopefully the night is too long for you. But, uh, Brian, certainly appreciate your time. Have a good time covering the tournament. We'll talk again soon. Hey, I appreciate it. We're ready for another late night, whatever it brings us. So <laughs> whatever it takes. Absolutely. Yep. That is Brian Matthews joining us today on Sports Call. Always appreciate his time. Again, does a great job with Auburn Rivals. Always appreciate his insight. We're going to go to our next timeout of the show. More Sports Call right after this. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Cam Berry with you. Again, a big thanks to Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals, who was all about it in, in Hoover. I mean, he was – you could tell – you just got to embrace that chaos. Uh, I If this game goes a lot of extra innings, again, that's the beautiful thing about baseball. Even though we have a pitch clock, still not a timed sport. Who knows when Auburn plays tonight? Right. Not me. Not you. I don't – I mean, no one knows. <laughs> 
uh, if this ends up going extra innings and really delaying things. Again, Alabama and Florida will come up about 30 minutes after this one whenever it concludes, and then Auburn and Vanderbilt about 30 minutes after Alabama and Florida. All right, let's get to today's birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Joe Dumars turns 60 today. Current Executive Vice President and Head of Basketball Operations of the NBA and former point guard for the Detroit Pistons. Selected 18th overall in the 1985 NBA Draft by the Pistons out at McNeese State. Go Cowboys. Two-time NBA champion. 1989 NBA Finals MVP and six-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA third-teamer, and was also on the All-NBA second-team once, four-time All-Defensive Team, 1986 All-Rookie first-team. His number four is retired by the Pistons at McNeese State. Dumars was 1985 Southland Player of the Year, four-time first-team All-Southland, and has his jersey number four retired by the Cowboys, member of the Pro and College Basketball Hall of Fames as an executive. Dumars is 2004 NBA champion with the Pistons and 03 NBA executive of the year. Out of Natchitoches, Louisiana, Natchitoches Central, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Joe Dumars turns 60 today. Isaiah Thomas really did have a good running mate. Yes, he did. Dumars was great. Tracy McGrady turns 44. T-Mac, former NBA shooting guard, small forward, selected ninth overall in the 1997 NBA draft by the Toronto Raptors out of Mount Zion Christian Academy. Go Mighty Warriors. Nice. Also played for the Orlando Magic, Houston Rockets, New York Knicks, Detroit Pistons, Atlanta Hawks, and San Antonio Spurs. Seven-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first-teamer, three-time All-second-teamer, and two-time All-third-teamer. Two-time NBA scoring champion, 01 NBA most improved player, and a member of of the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame during that run of really good shooting guards and wings Man. in the NBA. Oh, my god! Tracy McGrady turns 44 today. Pri- prior to Mount Zion, he was at sure. Auburndale High School in Florida. Go Bloodhounds. Oh, that's a new one. We've definitely not had a Bloodhound no. on sure. a high school. Yeah. Auburndale, high, Florida High School. T-Mac. All right, Martella Cologne turns 50, former MLB pitcher, four-time MLB All-Star. 2005 American League Cy Young Award winner, 2005 AL wins leader, played for the Cleveland Indians, Montreal Expos, Chicago White Sox, Anaheim Angels, Boston Red Sox, Chicago White Sox, New York Yankees, Oakland Athletics, New York Mets, Atlanta Braves, Minnesota Twins, and Texas Rangers. Uh, that was a look at the all the franchises that exist in Major League Baseball. Yeah, also, right. Bartolo Colon's uh, career history there. He turns 50 today. Uh, no schools for him, but Big sexy, yeah, big sexy. Hit a home run as a Met. Everyone Go freaked out. That who who gave up the homer and are, did they make it the full year in the major leagues? I don't know. Nelson Aguilar turns thirty. Current wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, selected twentieth overall in the 2015 draft by the Philadelphia Eagles out of the University of Southern California. Fight on. Also played for the Las Vegas Raiders and New England Patriots. Super Bowl 52 champion, while at USC, Aguilar was 2014 first-team All-Pac-12 and 2013 second-team All-Pac-12. Nelson Aguilar turns 30 today. Straight out of Berkeley Prep in Tampa. Go Buccaneers. Makes sense. No. Wonder why. (laughs) And we've got a bonus birthday today. Brant Daughtry (laughs) turns 25. Current voice of the Smith Station Panthers and co-host of Sports Call since 2021. 
graduate of Perry High School out of Warner Robins, Georgia. Graduate of Middle <laughs> Graduate of Middle Georgia State University with a degree in New Media and Communications. <laughs> there we go. Brent loves chicken fingers, Atlanta sports, and all things Auburn. Award him happy birthday to Brent Daughtry, who turns 25 today in his honor. I don't, I don't know if it's in his honor, but because it's his birthday. And the 5 o'clock hour, we'll have an abridged Wacky Wednesday. We're going to go top five desserts to eat on your birthday. Oh. And so we're going to bring Brent to the studio. He'll give his thoughts. Hopefully we got one of them for him earlier today. Does and, chicken uh, fingers count as dessert? No. No. <laughs> not dessert. Not allowed. We will not chastise him on this program on his birthday. Will not happen. So Brant Dontry turns 25 today. Happy birthday, Brant. And that is the Birthdays in Sports presented by Max Credit Union. Again, Joe Dumar, 60. Tracy McGrady, 44. Bartolo Colon, 50. Nelson Aguilar, 30, and Brant Daughtry, 25. We're going to take our next timeout. Extra innings in Hoover. That whiff that came true, that little aroma yeah. of a late night in Hoover, Alabama. There two days in, two late nights. They always have a high conversion rate in Hoover. Gotta so, again, it. we'll keep you posted on that game and when Auburn might end up starting late tonight. Again, we're out of time for this segment. More sports call right after this. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Canberry, Tom Peavy with you here today. Got a little college football news for you. Uh, and this might be hopefully starting to read into some tea leaves that the schedule is imminent here. So some SEC scheduling news today. Florida and Georgia will continue playing their annual rivalry game in Jacksonville through at least 2025. The two, two schools announced today a two-year extension that keeps the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in the city for the next three seasons. So um, that is significant in my mind because, well, 2024 and 2025 incorporate the first two years of whatever the new SEC is going to look like, whatever the new format, if it's still eight games or it's up to nine. We've spent so much time on this program speculating about that. Again, I would think for the world by the end of spring meetings here in a week or two that we will have – we will know what the league looks like unless they're trying to hold off to reveal it until media days. But they, they said they would have it done by the end of spring meeting. So it, it seems like it's imminent. Maybe we're getting word on, on how the schedule is going to function because guys also, I mean, just to play the obvious here, not that it was in doubt. I think everyone would have said this was the rival that Georgia and Florida would keep above any else. But that means that 
they've got an official word from the SEC, this game will happen every year. You know, I mean, that may not be significant to you guys, but again, that is a rivalry. That is the rivalry they wanted to keep the most in those two schools. And you can't guarantee a game in Jacksonville unless you can guarantee there's going to be a game. So there's step one of trying to figure out what the format's going to look like. And also the other bit here is obviously the fact that this neutral site debate has existed for Florida and Georgia for a while. Um, Obviously the schools are aware they can make a lot of money if they go to on-site games. But this game has always i mean, been played in Jacksonville forever. Um, you saw in a weird reversal earlier today from the Big Ten that what's at Michigan State and Penn State yeah. is going to be Black Friday at Ford Field. Yeah, weird. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Weird. It, yeah. I. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, but I guess – I guess when you're but looking, it could at, be cool. It, I mean, it could, but I mean, when you're looking at TV revenue, I guess that's uh, you you get it on Friday, and you're not having to compete with a bunch of other games on Saturday, so you kind of get your you kind of get yourself out there in the forefront of everybody. I I just the fact that it's in Ford Field, I I don't know. I I would rather it be on campus for for one of those instead of in the yeah. NFL stadium. If you're gonna do something, you know. It needs to be different. Like, like for instance, when uh, uh, Wisconsin hosted the game in uh, Lambeau Field, that was cool just because, I mean, Lambeau is iconic. Uh, that was cool. Um, right. When they did the game at uh, Bristol Motor Speedway, that was cool. Right. You know, when you just kind of randomly put it at Ford Field, it's like, okay, why? I mean, I don't, I don't understand the purpose. It in a large of, city to put it in a large yeah, city. Yeah, just to do it. I agree. Yeah, you know, I, I it's think doing it just to be done. If it was a, if it was a, uh, if it was a, you know, a very historic building or historic stadium, I get it. But no, I mean, it's Ford Field. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, look, the Boom. date's fine. I, I'm completely fine. You know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State have made a habit out of playing on actual Thanksgiving, and um, that's enjoyable. There's a lot of games on Black Friday now. I mean, they, they, right. they run from yeah, 11 yeah, to yeah. 7. I mean, there's enough to fill every time slot. There's so many now. So I'm fine with that element. But I don't like conference games being put on a neutral field. Yeah, Not in the regular I, season. I, I think it needs to be. Yeah, I, I agree. Just based off the pure rivalry standpoint of, you know, having that home field advantage um, wherever it may be played. Uh, that year i think i think that significantly impacts the game yeah um so yeah i I agree with you i i don't i think it should be played on on a home field not a neutral site the only reason i'm okay with something like florida georgia is because that's a part of the history of the game right yeah yeah they've been doing that for a long time yeah as a as a generalized concept i'm fine with neutral site games in the non-con okay that's when you can have a special event Okay, you have a kickoff classic. Sure. You know, you have these two teams right, from right. maybe two separate sides of the country meet in the middle. I'm fine with that. Totally. Right. But it's the conference games. Yeah. That's like what why would you move that? What you already have if these two teams are so damn good, you'll have the opportunity at some point to play in a Big 10 title yep. game. You know, and, and maybe not if you're in the same division, but then maybe 
Uh, do we correct? I don't. I don't know here. Live radio. It, did the Big Ten decide what their format's going to be when UCLA and USC enter, or, or do we do we know about that yet? I don't know about it right now. Okay, I, so I do not. Th- but it's very possible they don't have divisions anymore, right? And just like other teams, and right. so you know, th- then Penn State, Michigan State can happen, right? In the Big Ten title game, which it is it in Ford Field? I is that where I think, it was? I think it is. Uh, I'm going to double check that too. Uh, uh, Indy, Indy. Oh, they do it in Indy. Okay. Um, so, I I think that you eroding these these conference opportunities. Look, I'm not going to say it's straight professional, but it takes away from the college, college. aspect yeah, of it when it's absolutely. not on a campus. <laughs> you know, I mean that that is that is certainly a concern there. And in this age where people are already trying to argue it's going to become, you know, minor league football, which I don't subscribe to. I think there's clear reasons why it's not that because it's not feeding into other, uh, you know, professional teams. But in this age where people are already looking to call it that anyway, don't take these games off of campuses where you then don't have the pageantry of uh, of a rivalry game or something that is – on location somewhere, I it just mm-hmm. I, it's not a not a fan of that. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I can't I can't say anything different about that. I agree. I, uh, you know, it, I'm assuming it's it, if it's going to be in Fort Field, it's a Michigan State home game, right? I'd be mad if I if uh, you know, Lansing is not that far from Detroit, it's but not. it's still it's far enough that you're kind of robbing. The, the Michigan home? State yeah, folks of yeah. their home game. Yeah, I, and I mean, so as well. There's, uh, you know, the students that you're not going to be able to get as many students to Detroit for that game as you would be having it in your own stadium. Uh, right. So and you're you're just you, it feels like you're robbing the atmosphere of what could be a, a good game. Right. But maybe it won't be so bad because it is Black Friday and that is during um, Thanksgiving break. So maybe. Well, it'll, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people will be there, but that's not my, that's right. not no, the concern. No. Yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, 334-887-3401 locally or toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 and join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line. We've got Scotty from Auburn joining us right now. Scotty, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. I, uh, I wanted to tell you guys, I went to Georgia. I live here in Auburn, and I couldn't be more disappointed that UGA is re-upping with this Jacksonville game. I've been down there so many times. I'm sick of it. I'm ready for home and home again. I'm tired of it. Okay, huh. so I mean, I'd be curious to hear your perspective. I mean, that is travel, no matter what, every single year. I've looked at it from afar as kind of a cool experience because it's different. But you, as a as a Georgia alum, you you do not like that. I do not, and I'll tell you what. Like, unlike Auburn and Alabama, I mean, we have. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a season ticket holder, and they dupe us out of uh, ordering a whole nother. Uh, ticket to buy every single year especially when they do like a kickoff classic then we got to buy another ticket on top of it and i'm on the side they should be giving us these seats uh, considering how much donation i have to give to be able to buy season tickets i'm sick of it yeah these these kickoff classics certainly they they, they're happening more and more on uh on the non-conference side of things and and if they again if they really erode in the conference play as you said, that would be another concern is your season ticket. You get even less bang for your buck at the end of the day. Yeah, I've heard the presidents want to go away from these kickoff classics from talking to people in the, the know, but it's yet to happen, and I wish it would, especially being in the SEC. 
it's just there's too many great games we could, we could be having just in the conference to be doing these kickoff classics as well. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember uh, I, I was actually so I grew up I, I grew up a Georgia fan going to Georgia games uh, with parents as season ticket holders, and I uh, I remember how fun it was in uh, I think it was '96 when Florida came to Georgia. Uh, when they were uh, remodeling the stadium in Jacksonville. Yeah, I and, remember that. And, and that was a big deal when they actually did the home-and-home. Home. Uh, that was a really big deal. And so, yeah, I mean, I kind of see that pers- uh, that that side of it, of, of how special it is to have that. Because, I mean, that was a heck of an atmosphere when Florida was in Sanford Stadium. Yeah, I would love to go back to Sanford Stadium and see Florida play again. Or East, I've never been at the Swamp. I'd love to go to a home game there. It'd be so much fun. Never been to Jack uh, Gainesville either. No. Yeah, I mean, we'll again. Obviously, this is a three-year deal. We'll see if um, if this becomes, you know, it, it seems like the momentum grows every year for it to head towards it being a campus game. But obviously, here we've got this new deal for a few more years, so we'll just have to see what the what the long-term future holds. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate the phone call. I, I'd be curious to know if uh, if uh, Texas and Oklahoma fans have that same thought about the uh, the Red River shootout being in the Cotton Bowl every year if they would rather have it on campus because that's another one. That, oh, I bet they would. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's would. a curiosity because, I mean, that, but that's a, a another historic game, you know, and a, and a classic facility split down the middle with the orange and red, and, I mean, it, that's cool. But, yeah, I mean, the two fan bases may be tired of playing in the Cotton Bowl every year. Let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, one nine tiger 9 I couldn't quite hear the name on this caller. Uh, I believe uh, it was from Auburn. Was it Sam or Samson from Auburn? No, it's Trent. Trent. Wow, that was really close on my part. So, uh, obviously, well, uh, great listing. S&T, no big deal. Uh, but uh, what you got for us, Trent? Well, I was going to talk about that Red River shootout. Uh, some of the friends I always had from Oklahoma in that area – uh, they always said that they usually liked the Red River Shootout because you could get alcohol at the venue, and that was uh-huh. their big that was their big uh, draw to that, as opposed to having to sneak it in like some of the other people do. But you know, that was. Uh, but as far as neutral sites go, I just remember the Iron Bowl. You know, the Iron Bowl was not a neutral site when it was played in Birmingham, and when you're rotating between like Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, and all and Auburn, when we finally got it there in the '80s. It wasn't really a fair. It was like two Bama games, and, uh, and Auburn would get a game every once in a while. Now, some of those other venues, you know, that you're talking about, during on a Black Friday, it's not. it doesn't do any justice to, to a, you know, season game. You need to have flip-flops of a home advantage and a, and a, a, away, and a away disadvantage. You know, and the only time I can see something like that being like a – a semi-neutral uh, venue is like Vanderbilt, you know, where it's, you know, you're going to play in downtown Nashville, but we all know that Vanderbilt's not really a neutral site. It's the visiting team's the visiting team yeah. site, right? Very much so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been Georgia North every year they play there. Yeah. Right. I, no, I'm with you, Trent. I think we all are where, you know, when you start to – you're talking about very different things. We're talking about non-conference games and conference games, games that rotate every single year. When you sign up for a non-conference game with another team, you know what you're signing up for. So even if it's not equitable between, oh, well, we actually got to travel 
a couple couple hundred more miles or oh this fan base is actually really prevalent there you're kind of understanding that because it's the contract contracting that game to play in a neutral site but when you're in a conference you expect to have the the same opportunity and as you said same advantage and disadvantages and when you work in neutral sites well there's not many sites that you can just guarantee are going to be truly neutral i mean every every city every fan base is going to be operating differently in different locations and so i think we're all kind of on board here with the conference aspect of it for sure you know the florida georgia thing has just kind of been different because they just always go to a neutral site they they never go to uh, either of the campuses but I think we're kind of all in, in lockstep here that alcohol thing you brought up too and I wonder if that starts to change because some of these schools are now starting to sell alcohol yeah it's a big uh that's a big uh motivator <laughs> you know yes yes so the other um one of the other aspects I'm I'm all about like the away games for non-conference during the beginning and the end of the season those make total sense neutral sites those are awesome to go to but rivalries probably need to stick back on their home campuses. And, you know, you need to have that fan base that support the institutions. When you start going outside the institutions, you're really starting to delve into that, are you a semi-pro kind of kind of league? And what's the, what are you getting paid off for? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a concern that we've heard, again, some of our other callers definitely being concerned about where this is all headed to and if it's going to continue to feel less and less like the college game and more and more like the pro game, pro game, that's certainly something that people are concerned about. Right, because the people who benefit from an away neutral site is really a municipality and not a university. Correct. Yes, I agree. Well, we, All right, gentlemen, you absolutely. have a nice day, and I uh, really enjoy talking to you. Absolutely, Trent, and uh, now we got the name right, we certainly hope you call in again and appreciate your phone call today. Uh, that is Trent from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, one 9 tiger 9 Look, I'll throw myself under the bus sometimes. Sometimes I just can't hear, and uh, I am uh, <laughs> just that's just my weakness of the five senses. We're just going power-ranking five <laughs> senses. Deaf. Ryan's hearing, not good. It's well-aged. Uh, but uh, appreciate Scotty, <laughs> appreciate Scotty and Trent there uh, for joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. But yeah, I mean this is uh, this is a topic that has been uh, relevant within the SEC because of that Florida Georgia game. Uh, it's a topic that's becoming relevant in these TV deals, and we've talked a lot about the TV aspects of it uh, over the last few days because again that kind of translates into if we're going to end up with even bigger conferences we have now. I mean, it's something – the Pac-12 schools are upset about something new every single day because True. of the of the Pac-12's uh, leadership there. And, and then you've got the Big Ten aspect of it where they have kept so many of their marquee games in that early window, which as a football fan, I, don't, I haven't minded that from afar – just because you're spreading out the love, so to speak, you've got big games to wake up to. Right. Uh, because I, I, but I know certainly I don't want my game to be at 11 a.m. I do mm-hmm. not want to wake up and no. and no one wants to be tailgating at 9 a.m. Oh 9 a.m. tailgating gosh. is not the same as tailgating at 4 p.m. or 3 p.m. No, um, so as if uh, you know, selfishly, no, no 11 a.m. games. Ooh. But as a neutral observer of other conferences and other teams, <laughs> sure, spread out the big games cool. a little bit. But now. <laughs> The Big Ten is starting to do more of these primetime games with the new TV deal. And they're now getting these ideas for even apparently these conference neutral site games, which, again, I just I don't see the need for. And a good point there at the end by Trent, you know, 
I, I don't know what the revenue distribution is going to be like, but again, this kind of falls in line with you're taking it off your own campus. So people are not flowing into your college town. Imagine if Auburn was playing Georgia or LSU or whoever, anyone. I mean, it obviously happened with Alabama, but let's bring it up to date and just anyone else. If Auburn's playing LSU, all right, Auburn's bringing in thousands of people every Saturday from Birmingham, from Montgomery, other parts of the state. Well, now we're all going to send them to New Orleans to play Texas A&M. Ha, 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 ha. You know what? That's not going to be good for, for Auburn University. No, for no. And it's not going to be good for the city of Auburn. Yeah, no. Uh, a lot of places are able to, to survive because of the 12, 15 weeks in the fall where you got six, seven, eight home games and you got a plethora of basketball games, other things going on in the fall. But uh, that is important for Auburn. And then you're going to move a lot of that money around from Auburn to another place. So, again, I, I – think we're all in lockstep here yeah we don't um, like that direction uh that the big 10 went and uh don't don't want that for any of the conferences don't think that's particularly a good idea we are out of time for hour number two still ahead in hour number three a little bit of a wacky wednesday at 5 15 uh celebrate brant doctry's birthday a little bit and much more ahead stay tuned more sports call after this Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three of Sports Call starts right now. Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. Good run of calls there. Calling in about uh, the Florida-Georgia game continuing on in Jacksonville. And so as we start in hour number three, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free. one tiger 9 and talk to a guy that we know loves the Georgia Bulldogs a lot. Jeff from Columbus. Jeff is with us. Jeff, I assume you have some thoughts on this uh, Florida-Georgia game continuing in Jacksonville. Well, you know, and I've brought it up before, I'm not as old as Steve, but I'm pretty close. And, man, I like you say, except for the two games where they were doing renovations on the stadium, you know, that's all I've ever known. And I'll tell you, uh, I have gone to Gainesville. My brother's an alum there. I know the game would probably be uh, held in October, so it probably wouldn't be hot. But I've been pretty hot in Gainesville. It's like there's no breeze in Gainesville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know they're both in Florida, but there's a whole lot of difference. 
between Jacksonville and Gainesville. But um, uh, so I I don't have any, you know, I've been to Gainesville. I don't care if I ever go there again. I know Kirby Smart was complaining because apparently uh, unless you're the home team, you could not recruit and stuff like that. But I believe they've got that changed now. Yes, you're you're right on both accounts. Um, to my knowledge, yes, it was very much you could not recruit. That was the that was the quote unquote advantage each year of being designated the home team. But now they they have done away with that. Right, and I tell you what, here's what they need to do. What I'd rather see them do. I know um, what was his name, uh, Scotty. I guess you know he's a Georgia alum. Yes. I am not. I do not season tickets, and uh, but. Uh, why don't we do away with the Missouri game? I'm never driving to Missouri. Don't even care. You know what I'm saying? Never going to bring Alabama to the east, which is where they should have been. And then you got a home-and-home home game against Alabama. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Everybody would be happy then. We could care less about Jacksonville. Oh, well, well, <laughs> but, yeah, it would be a slobber knock each year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that would be pretty cool. And But see, even like Auburn. You know, everything is changing. Every, well, of course, you know, it just sounds like uh, a crybaby, but everything is changing, like even Auburn, right? We always played Auburn before we played Georgia Tech. But Auburn got tired of thinking they had a chance with six, seven wins under the belt, then having to play LSU, Alabama, and Georgia to end up the, in the year. So now we play them at the beginning of the season and ruin the season for them from the get-go. <laughs> so, it, so it, I, I mean – it, I just hate to see it leave. And, and this is one other thing. I've been to several stadiums, never been to Missouri, never going to be to Arkansas, you know, and uh, doubt if I ever go to Texas. But um, uh, I, Gainesville or Jacksonville is the only Georgia game I've ever gone to without a ticket. Oh. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I will go down there for the party. Yeah, okay. I got gotcha. you. I, I mean – I'm not. I mean, uh, oh, oh it just—it's just the parties there. It just so happens there's a football game goes on sometime in between. So I mean, this—that's my own personal preference. I'm not a drunk. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel. Like, you know, it's not my one release every year, and I don't go every year. But I just sure hate to see it change. And and I'm, of course. A Georgia fan and not an Auburn fan, but I hated it when the Iron Bowl moved from Birmingham. But Birmingham wasn't done. You know what I'm saying? If they had done something, you know, to make, make the facilities nicer or something like that, I could understand. But, uh, um, you know, I just, and the Red River Shootout. Well, you can't even call it the Red River Shootout anymore, right? What's it called now? Rivalry. Yeah, it's like the Red, Red River, River Rivalry. Yeah. If you call it Shootout, I'm not going to find you, though. That's okay. You can say it. I, I I just like to see some things stay the same, and uh, you know. But my opinion doesn't count. It hadn't counted a whole a whole lot here lately. But <laughs> I, I I will let somebody else in. Tell Brent, I guess it's his birthday. Happy birthday! And uh, I'll let you all get on with the rest of your show and find out what desserts you all like. But yes, appreciate sir. you all taking my call. Appreciate it, Jeff. That is Jeff from Columbus joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Yeah, we're gonna go from. Uh, from football to really serious dessert talk here in a few <laughs> minutes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate Jeff for chiming in there. Uh, figured he'd have something on the Florida-Georgia game, so he's he's good with it. I guess my question would be, if you move Florida-Georgia uh, out of Jacksonville, is it, is it still the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? 
Can you call it that if you're going to campus each year? Yeah, I mean, I guess you. I mean, you can. Not supposed I mean, to, but yeah. I, I'm but saying you can just from the standpoint of other games have rivalry names that are, you know, the Iron Bowl is still the Iron Bowl. It doesn't matter if it's in Tuscaloosa or Auburn, and uh, it was still called the Iron Bowl at times in Birmingham. So, you know, I mean, you you can. That's that's not a disqualifier. But I'm just saying since it's such an event down there, and I think it was what like 1930 something 1933 when they started doing that and as jeff alluded to only two times it's not been there so they're coming up on a hundred years there about 90 years or so in jacksonville what if they just went they went all the way to 100 to say they did it and then the 100th anniversary celebration like all right this is the last time Uh, (laughs) let's have this huge blowout party down here last time now we're going to campuses well uh, i support that we will see Uh, a few minutes before we take our next break and again we'll welcome on uh, brant do some less serious things looking forward to um, everything this offseason when it comes to hopefully a revelation about the future sec schedule uh, also looking forward to media days in Nashville. I think we spoke the other day. I'm not sure that there has been a media days location announced for 2024. Tom, I believe uh, we're still – we think it's going to be somewhere in Texas, but right. no official word to our knowledge. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it will be announced by the by the end of media days. Um, someone was also suggesting, I saw that with uh, Oklahoma and Texas joining starting in 2024, it's going to have to be more than a week. <laughs> They're going to have to have like yeah. – Two weeks of this, which God, the the circus that happens uh, during media days. I can't, I can't. I'm not gonna be there both weeks. We're not doing that. We're gonna have to have limitations at, at some point. Uh, but looking forward to to all these revelations uh, throughout the summer. Let's pivot real quickly one more time in case we don't get back to this. Uh, talk Auburn baseball just for another minute. Of course, we appreciate Brian Matthews. Uh, for being on the show earlier today to talk some Auburn football and some Auburn baseball. Again, at the SEC tournament, to update you, Arkansas just walked off Texas A&M in the bottom of the 11th inning. That was about five minutes ago. And so uh, that will probably put Alabama and Florida at about 540, 545, somewhere in there. Uh, So you do a three-hour game, which is dangerous to to project, but you say about three-hour game. Then about 30 minutes in between. You're looking at about 9.15 first pitch, sometime Ugh. in that early to mid 9 o'clock hour. Uh, that nice That's yawn awful. there. You already got kind of getting sleepy. Yeah, just sleepy, thinking about it. Thinking about it. It's awful. Um, but another late night opportunity. It would be, again, one more time, the run over the scenarios that we ran through in the 3 o'clock hour in case you missed it. If Auburn loses, they will play in the second game tomorrow. So that will be a lunchtime-ish game right after lunch. Uh, in the in the loser versus loser game, I can't update you now. By the way, first pitch is four fifty or five fifty yep. uh, for Alabama and Florida. So yeah, probably nine thirty ish for for Auburn uh, tonight. That is brutal against man. Vandy. Uh, but if Auburn wins, they will once again be the last day, our last game of the day tomorrow. And uh, you continue to have late night fun. <sighs> See, at least that's the bright side, right? Yes, the, even it's good to play to, late. You are right. winning games. <laughs> Right, and and keep it going, and at least they'll be like they've been able to rest all day today, and you know probably not had to wake up early, like been able to like sleep in, um, and and go about their day as as they have, um, but man, that I mean just right nine thirty, right? You we said what like a nine thirty first pitch, so yeah, just well, just putting it on the light side, three hours, three and a half hours, one a.m. 
Yep. I mean, geez. Definitely, definitely into <laughs> that tomorrow. Is, that is brutal. Yeah, I will and not... you and you have such a schedule oh, because man. you got to work at like five in the morning. Yeah. Uh, that uh, your, your trek down eighty five it it comes pretty quickly. So yeah. you're not be up for all this. <laughs> Ooh, no maybe, maybe, maybe I won't even be up for the start of it. Honestly, <laughs> probably not. I probably won't even be up for the start of the game. Maybe, maybe the game is past the bedtime of the uh, the Vandy Whistler. Right. Oh right. Oh, oh that's no. wishful thinking. Right. That's <laughs> very wishful thinking. Right. He's gonna be there no matter what. They were having a blast on the broadcast last night. That that would be the disheartening thing if you do ultimately mute it. Which which you know look. Andy Bertram, Brad Law do a fantastic job. We do hope you listen on uh, our sister station FM Talk 93.9 or on our app or on Auburn's app. But uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Tom Hart. He was, remember, in the running to get the Braves TV job that went yeah. to Brandon Gaughan, which Brandon Gaughan's do a good job. So this is absolutely zero uh, things wrong with Brandon Gaughan. But uh, Tom Hart, just there's natural humor in all the broadcasts he does. And you, you see that if you watch a game in the fall with him and Rodgers and Kublik on the SEC Network. And you see it in baseball, too. There was a sequence in the eighth inning last night uh, that if you were dialed into Andy's call or if you were you know watching your own eyelids sleeping at that hour. Um, in the eighth inning, they started talking about Todd Walker's bus out in the RV park of, of the Hoover Metropolitan Stadium. And they, were talk- and they were ribbing him. Because this bus is basically an RV that's like wide enough for four people to walk across at the same time. Oh, wow. And he has a bed in there because Tom Walker, he played the MLB, so he's got money to have his own jet and his own bus that he's traveled to Hoover with. And they were just ribbing him because they had they yeah. he had left the door unlocked. And so they went in there during the day yesterday and rolled down all the windows. So it got wet <laughs> in his big bus. And they're talking about that during the bottom of the eighth inning uh, the other night. And it was just tremendous. And then almost like five pitches later, it felt like, Tom Hart then pivots to, have you seen Bama Rush yet? <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, just just great stuff right. for late-night broadcasting. Like, if you are either bored because it's a blowout or it is really late night and you're out of baseball to talk about, Tom Hart's your guy. So I hope the Vandy Whistler is, for some reason, just not there or he's he's out for the count for the night or – He's somewhere where you can't hear him, although he's always close. So that that option's not going to happen. I just, I Tom Hart's great. I, I would, I'm obviously standing for him, but I always enjoy his calls. But another late night in Hoover. Again, Chase Alsup gets the ball tonight. Uh, he got the ball in what was it the first game of the Missouri series uh, Friday because they had a doubleheader yeah. last week and and pitched really good. I falsely said on radio like twice it was Chase Isbell uh, and it was not. It was the other <laughs> Chase. How dare they have two two people How named dare Chase? They have that two pitch, uh, but that was Chase Alsup that was shoving last Friday against Missouri. He will be uh, starting for Auburn. You heard Brian Matthews talk about you know they were able to not use Will Cannon last night, so you figure he comes in in a close game, works multiple innings he's today. Feast. Uh, uh, he's been uh, really Auburn's most consistent, best reliever throughout the year. I uh, we we one thing I we we did not get was we did not get an update on Herbert Holes, which I has I don't know if anyone's seen the latest from Herbert Holes. It was possible he would pitch in Hoover. I think maybe that possibility pertained to later in the tournament if Auburn can keep going. 
Obviously, Auburn trying to be cautionary. As big as the SEC tournament is, there is a prize that is still just a little bit bigger in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so I don't know if Herbert Holes becomes available at some point in this tournament. But, uh, again, looking forward to seeing what this Auburn baseball team does next after a tremendous last month, month plus, really month and a half uh, at this point as they'll take on Vanderbilt again probably sometime in the 9 o'clock hour. Tonight, we're going to take our next time out of the show. Brant will join us. We will talk. We'll have a, a brief Wacky Wednesday, not the full-fledged production. That will come next Wednesday. We'll also tell you about that coming up. We'll have a, a bridged Wacky Wednesday in honor of Brant's birthday. Top five desserts to eat on your birthday. Not just your favorite. Not like if you like Twix or something. That's great. Twix is great. But top five desserts to get on your birthday. That's coming up next. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Cam Berry, and now the birthday boy, Mr. Brent Daughtry. Brent, Hello. Good to see you again, birthday sir. Birthday Brent. Happy to be here. So, uh, second straight day where we brought Brent on kind of in a, a later capacity. Yesterday was to join us in a game of Town Name Tuesday. Oh. If you missed any of that, go back checking out the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live, you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola tastes the feeling. Today, we bring Brant in the studio because if you heard during our birthday segment, it is his birthday. Happy 25th birthday, Brant. And, uh, Heck yeah. And so in the spirit of birthdays, and given this is Wednesday, it's a Wednesday in the summer, and sometimes we just create some content, whether it's sports-related or not. We're going to do an abridged version of Wacky Wednesday. Sometimes these things take a whole hour. Next Wednesday, we expect it could take a whole hour. And so a little bit into hour number three now, we're going to do the shorter version where we're going to go through and give a list of top five desserts to get on your birthday. The important qualifier here is it's not like, hey, I like ice cream and I would eat ice cream year-round. Like, maybe you would, but, I do but would like you eat it on your birthday? Like If someone is giving you a dessert... What are the top five desserts someone could give you to enjoy your birthday? Because birthday, you always get a dessert. Like That's why you have birthday cake and and some of these things that you don't normally eat. So uh, I figure we'll start with Brant. We're not going to go five to one. Or excuse me, we're not going to do all five at once. We'll just start with everyone's five and and go around. Uh, But uh, Brant, I gave you a heads up on this. So uh, what uh, start us out with number five on best best desserts to enjoy on your birthday. Okay, I'll be 100% honest. I was not sure what the structure of this was going to be. I uh, don't have five prepared, but I can think of five as we go. So 
Uh, I'll start a little bit off the wall. Uh, something that I enjoy. have never really enjoyed this on my birthday. I know some people do, and I greatly enjoy it when I do have it. Y'all ever had bread pudding? No, you, I've heard this. Yeah, bread, bread, bread pudding. Bread yeah, pudding. Bread, bread pudding. I really, really enjoy bread pudding. Sorry. So that's going I didn't to be, know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it much, um, but be, just because a lot of places don't really offer it. But, like, if I see it and, uh, I've, I've, you know, I'll probably get it. I'll, I, I will enjoy it occasionally. All right, so Respect. bread put uh, okay. bread pudding bread pudding. I almost said banana pudding, and I'm just that yeah. would have been different. Uh, <laughs> Tom, why don't you why don't you go first or in uh, second? Oh man, so uh, I kind of know what my favorites would be. See, it's exactly. I don't want to go first because when you give when you do lists, and we're gonna have right. to, we're doing gonna have serious lists at some point where we go through actual football things, basketball things, but. When you do list, if you give away your number one, you're not working up to anything. It's like I already heard who he values the most or right. what he values the most. I'm going to turn off now. So you got this is this is just how you do radio. Yeah. you go five to one. So I'm sorry, you got to go five, five um, first. You know, I I, I think uh, I, I think I'm just going to go with the five. I'm just going to go just basic ice cream. Basic ice cream. Someone's just like what? No, you, no. Give me a flavor of ice cream. Well, I mean, I'm. Yep. I was about to say you, I'm a vanilla, vanilla ice cream. I love vanilla ice cream. But, no, but actually, well, actually, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'll <laughs> shut up. I'm gonna go cookies and cream. I, okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So nice. I, I, you know, happy just birthday nice, to Mr. Tom Peavy. Just a nice, nice bowl of cookies and cream ice cream. Okay. Any particular brand? Oh, Bluebell. Okay. You got to go to the Bluebell. Tastes just like the good old days. Yeah. All right. Love it, Cam. So my number five. Uh, and see, this is tough lot. for you because you're on diet right now. I'm just gonna <laughs> put inside baseball. Like, hey, Cam, here's these things that you may or may not know, be allowed right. to enjoy right. God. Um, but lemon pound cake, lemon uh, pound cake—that's oh creative. Gosh. Lemon ooh. pound cake, so freaking good, man! I love lemon pound cake. So sensational. I, I don't know if I had lemon pound. I just had regular pound cake. What, what is the base flavor of pound cake? I think um, I think that, just, I think pound cake is like its own flavor, and you yeah. add yeah. stuff to it. It's yeah. kind of okay. like a vanilla-ish. But yeah, yeah. Okay, lemon, but lemon, lemon. pound. Man, that, so that brings back memory. My, oh yeah, my grandmother used to make a oh, lemon man, pound cake. Dude, my great grandmother. Yeah, I used to make the most amazing lemon pound cake. It was so good. My my <sighs> aunt my aunt makes pound cake pretty frequently, and she's very very good at it. Okay, we're all fans of pound. I like I'm pound gonna, cake too. I'm, I'm actually gonna have to figure. Oh, I'm gonna have to figure this out. Lemon, and pound, make oh, lemon pound cake. Lemon you know, pound you, cake. You got, you got my brain going. Lemon pound cake zest. and vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good combo. You got, you got my brain going. <laughs> Man. Oh, I, 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 I know a thing or two about some desserts. There guys. you go. All right. No, he's like, well, this is why I need to go on a diet. Yeah. I, well, it's also, it's funny that you say that. Cam is by far like the skinniest dude in right. this room. <laughs> yeah. So. It, make it make sense. I don't know. My number five, I'm going ice cream sundae. Okay. And in particular, ice cream sundae, because that's not something I'm going to make myself. That's not something I'm going to eat at home a lot. But, you know, you go out to restaurants, you get some sort of, like, sometimes an ice cream sundae, right. something for your birthday, and, like, that makes you feel good. It's like, hey, this is, you know, just a nice little treat, and other people tell you, the ser- tell the server it's your birthday, and they give you some sort of ice cream dessert, usually yeah. like a sundae. Nice. So, Sunday is a little bit open for interpretation. How would you, how do you build your sundae? I mean, not, not overly built. I mean, we're just talking, like, basic, like... Um, you know, ice cream and maybe some sort of topping. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not, okay. I'm not I wasn't, I wasn't like, sure if you were throwing the bananas no, on the side no, no, or whipped no, no, cream no, no. or whatever. No, not not. So I'm talking about one of those very basic, you know, pleasures that you'd get from from one of these restaurants. Right. It's just right. like you tell them your birthday, they're going to put ice cream, maybe whipped cream, and something else in there, something like that. Um, 
So, and because again, that's not something I would go out of my way to get all right. the time. If right. I'm getting ice cream products, there's a lot of things I'm getting for that. All right, number four. We'll go to Brand again first. We'll go to four. All right. So, I know we've talked about ice cream a little bit. I'm going to get kind of funky with my ice cream here uh, because I don't want to, you know, give exposure to any brands that don't pay us to give them exposure. So, I'm going to say a cup of chocolate ice cream with, uh, well, I'll say brownie chunks. I'll say chunks of brownie in Ooh. there. I, I, you can get, I, the, nice. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's a blizzard oh, from Dairy Queen. Uh, it's it's oh, a blizzard good. from Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen doesn't pay us, but I, I enjoy, oh, I enjoy a yeah. Dairy Queen blizzard. I think they call it the Choco Brownie Extreme Blizzard, and they're, okay. which is a dumb name, but they have they have uh, more than just that in there. But uh, if I'm getting anything, the the Choco Brownie Extreme Blizzard from uh, from Dairy Queen is okay. quite good. No, I, I like that. All right, I would absolutely. If there was a Dairy Queen on this side of town, there would be too I many I wish times there was, man. I wish I, there was. Yeah, the, only, the only one the only, is the one out in Opelika. Uh, yeah. All right, Tom, number four. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with uh, like the the hot brownie with the chocolate uh, oh. sauce. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the, it. Um, just took oh, one of mine. But it's, it's oh, lava yeah, cake? I agree. Is that what it's yeah, called? Chocolate yeah, chocolate lava cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like, yeah, it's like that hot, that warm yeah. brownie with the chocolate sauce. Yeah, chocolate lava cake. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, mm. that's good stuff. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Cam, number four. This could be four or three, honestly, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it at four. I'm going to go with um, red velvet cake. Oh, okay. um, no, no nuts. No. no nuts in the icing. No nuts whatsoever. Oh. No nuts. No nuts. Cam, but <laughs> red velvet. I'm telling you. Brian. Speaking my language, dude. I love red velvet, man. Red velvet I love red slacks. velvet cake. Dude, so <laughs> just a quick little story. So we had... So my buddy graduated uh, a couple weeks ago from Southern Union. So um, we had like a graduation party. His parents, his mom bought these little like cake sandwiches from somewhere in Dothan that she bought. She, she drove up there. She drove up here um, and she brought these from Dothan. These little, these little like, they were like cakes, but they were just in sandwich form. And there was one in red velvet. Dude. <laughs> I just I life changing. It's life changing. Yeah. Legitimately, it's like, like um, one of the best things I've ever had. It was, macaroons, it was, yeah, kind of like macaroons, but it was just like cake. It was it was so good. Yeah. I, I've hmm. oh my goodness gracious, red velvet. I it was it was whew. so two cake items for Cameron. Yeah, but, but nice flavors I love cake. of cake. I do like cake too so much. So it's my number four. It's just generic birthday cake. Though. Nice. Mm. Um, you know, there's so many types of cake. Like I probably like chocolate cake most. If you're just going normal cake flavors right but for whatever reason i don't know thank you marketing america i feel like i've got to have birthday cake flavored birthday i mean it's what birthday cake yeah, it's like right, this vanilla right. icing and, and all this just a generic cake um and so there's plenty of uh, if you want to be go off the cake but still call it cake i like cheesecake and all this stuff Sensational. but but um just good generic birthday cake on your birthday all right top five desserts to have on your birthday number three We'll start uh, differently. Let's go to Cam this time. Gonna go me. All right, three ice cream cake. Ice cream mm, cake. Yeah. Okay, mm. ice cream cake. Another kind of cake. Another kind of. Uh, I yeah. Do the <laughs> do cake, the man. top two for you have the word cake in them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Love it. Okay. Cake eaters. I do. I love cake. I do. I really I don't do. Know. Are you Cake's talking about great. like the ice cream cakes you'd go to the aforementioned Dairy Queen and get? Like, um, the, like could do that or a Publix ice cream cake. Um, I've had a couple for, okay. for birthdays. I don't know if I've ever had one. Oh, ice cream cakes. I, you are know, I'm so coming to think that good. I've They're always pretty good. stared at them in the love Dairy Queen freezer, <laughs> but I don't think I've ever gotten. Oh them. man. 
Well, I might have to just buy an ice cream cake and bring one in here. I'll do it. <laughs> I, mean, I love ice cream cake. Don't tip me with a good time, man. All right, Brent, what's up? Number three. Uh, my number three is going to be, I know I just mentioned a type of ice cream. We've talked about ice cream a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit different with the type of ice cream. Homemade ice cream, vanilla, oh, man. with chocolate syrup in it. You get yeah. that stuff in a red Solo cup, and you're off. You're having a good time. That is uh, that is something that my family, we don't do it as much anymore, but we, uh, we used to do it a lot when we uh, visited my grandparents. And uh, homemade ice cream is something very special. Okay. Homemade. Love it. Good old right. yeah. yeah, it's it's different. Basic, it is very different from regular pleasure. ice cream. Okay, Tom. Uh-huh. Uh you know, I uh, I don't know that this is necessarily dessert, but I guess we could call it a dessert. But uh, I like a birthday pizza. No, <laughs> well, no. Um, but uh, when I say popsicles, okay, I'm talking about the the ones and the long it's a novelty. Yeah, the long slender ones that are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the, clear, the clear tubing, yes, yeah. yep. And you I'm get like it. a pack of like fifty mm-hmm. of all sorts of different flavors. Mm-hmm. So if if I got you that for your birthday, I'd be perfectly happy. That'd be your third, the third best thing I could get you. Yes. Okay. All right. I don't. Have, what kind of flavors? Do you there, go? There, there's a there's a bunch of different flavors in there, but there's one that's like a pina colada flavor oh. that is oh. just yeah. fantastic. I see how that'd be enjoyable. Yes, I've like been a blue raspberry guy myself. I, I like that one too, but I mean, you can't go. The only ones I think there's one that's like an apple flavor that I'm not. I'm not too big on the artificial apple flavor. So, but yeah, like I said, going a little different there. So, yeah, mine are so much more boring than everyone else's. This is <laughs> just what it is, and I can live with that. It's okay. Number three is from a birthday cake to a cupcake a because cup. you, you know i never have cupcakes yeah that's fair. unless it's someone's birthday right. or some special occasion um and it doesn't really matter what kind of icing you put vanilla chocolate icing on it even strawberry icing like whatever literally whatever like i just i like this can sound weird but i like the portion yeah like it's I just know, such totally a if you get a normal size cupcake, cupcake yeah you sure. know instead of having to cut your own cake right. and do all this like that's just that's just what about what you want in your dessert right there. So uh, there's two things I'm going to say with cupcakes, and I love them. Uh, however, I really like the ones that you can get at the grocery store, the little tiny ones that you just like pop them in uh-huh. your mouth. Yeah, the yeah. little cupcake poppers, almost. Yeah, those are awesome. But have you also have you seen the video of the? Uh, it's the actress that shows you the how you're supposed to yes, eat a cupcake. Yes, yes. I was about to mention this. No, when we I got to my seen next this. one. No. So. I, Go ahead, Tom. So she takes the cupcake yeah. and she breaks off oh, the bottom gosh. part of the yep. cake. One yep. of those, and then puts it on top. I've seen that. and makes a cupcake sandwich yeah. out yep. of it. That is, and I. It's, I'm it's gonna like have a, to see it. I can't visualize. I. That. Yeah. I'm gonna have to see it. I, I guess we'll roll because we're on to number two now, right? Yeah, about to be. Okay, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go ahead yeah, and get it started because I wanted to add on that point. Um, I'm going to say mine is going to be a chocolate cupcake with cream cheese icing. I'll get. I'll get more specific. Okay. I love cream cheese icing. I don't really love cream cheese anything else, but cream uh-huh. cheese icing is fantastic to me. So you put chocolate with that. I love the pairing. And what Tom is talking about, yeah, that is that is the way that I, I learned that when I was in, I want to say, sixth or seventh grade. And I thought it was the weirdest thing ever. Right. And then I started doing it, and it's by far the best way to eat a cupcake. Gosh, I've never done that. It's But yeah, I mean, you just you hold it like right below the, the muffin top of the cupcake itself. You just peel the bottom half of it off. And then you put it on top of the icing, and like it's a lot less messy. Things are a lot more evenly distributed. It's 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 a good way to huh. eat a cupcake. Yeah. All right. Well, then maybe that I, maybe I, it goes up to two in my ranking. Yeah, I saw I saw an <laughs> as an actress that was on the Ellen show that 
Uh-huh. She brought out a cupcake in this, I forget the actress's name, beautiful woman that showed you. It's like the dainty way to eat it so that you don't get it on your clothes or get the icing on your face. Huh. So it's like the prim and proper way to eat it and not be proper. messy. Yeah, but proper. also don't want to be proper. Ryan's like, I want to be a messy guy. No, I, I, I legitimately think it is a better cupcake experience. Okay. If I can say such things. Sure. And, I mean, how, <laughs> if, if, you you make a couple, if you can make a cupcake better, that's how you do it. Yep. Um, all right, Tom, you're number two. Uh, so my number two is, uh, is like you said, basic birthday cake. Um, but, I, you know, specifically, I like the, the white cake with the buttercream icing. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. And got to have the edges. Got spring, got, some sprinkles on it? No, I so, guess it's more of a cupcake. Yeah, thing, but. but I mean, you got but you got to have the edges with all the icing and the little mm. little frou-frou fluffer yeah. thingies yeah. on the edges of it. Yeah. Got to have that. Waving in circles with yeah, the, whatever the icing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, just, yeah, so you my, birthday my, cake guy. My number two, my number two is birthday for the cake. brand. Well, if yeah. birthday cake for is not brand. in anyone's top five, then maybe we should reassess what it means to uh, be birthday that's cake. So that's fair. That's 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 good. All right, Cam, what you got? More another word with something else. What other kind of cake does Cam like? Cookie cake. Yeah. Ooh, oh hey, yes. There you go. <laughs> You stole mine. Whatever. <laughs> I agree. Number two is cookie cake. Yeah. Do you have a particular place that you get it from? A great American cookies, of course. Yes. Oh. Mm. I so I'll Cam, get Cam and or, I are the same wavelength. Yeah. Or Publix. There's also yep. a Publix cookie yep. cake yes. is also very good. I'll get to that in a second. Cam and I have very similar taste buds. Anytime we do yeah, something man. with like food, Cam and I are always <laughs> Yeah, you were on the uh, we're, we're pretty with the peeps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar. And with the sodas, I think we've done too. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I also really like chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we all do. <laughs> some have them more than others, and that's fine. All right, so my number two, I had originally written this as three. I changed my mind as we were going through and, and slid cupcake the three. Um, the warm brownie slash the cookie skillet. Oh, yeah. So yeah. yeah. That is something I don't get often either. And to be fair, like I do get it. Not on my birthday, a decent amount because um, not everywhere has them. So it's like kind of right. like where you when, when you have the access right, to you, it, you just yeah. kind of get it. Facts. But if someone were to give that to me, they just like, go to a restaurant and say, "Hey, we're gonna cook up a cookie skillet for you," or at the very minimum, a very warm brownie with yeah. some ice cream involved. That mm-hmm. is that is goals. Yeah, like, that, that is a very good thing. Um, so that's my number two. All right, number one. Start, uh, yeah, start brain again. All right. So Cam, kind of, the birthday boy. Cam kind of stole mine. I'm going to go cookie cake here. Oh, my God. And I have this big rut on cookie cake. I, I have a it, – it has been, I think, since my, like, 13th or 14th birthday every year. Yeah, I get a cookie busting, cake man. on my birthday. Yeah, yeah. No way. And, and it's, yeah. been, it's, it's been a tradition, and I plan on keeping it running as long as possible. I plan on getting one uh, when I go home this weekend, uh, I, you know. Cookie cakes, man. It doesn't get any better. With as much icing as you can fit on the dang thing, um, <laughs> give give me all of it. Make it big. Make it heavy. It'll last me a while, and yep. I'll enjoy every bite. And Great American Cookie, <clears throat> number one? Uh, usually it's or Publix, but I do think Great okay. American is better. It's just Publix is the one that I usually get. Sure. Maybe more but accessible. I, you know, yeah. Tom? All right. my Cookie cake interests you? I do like cookie cake, but it, not no, in the top five. Not my top five. Um, my my favorite, and I mean, it, it's not necessarily just birthday, but I mean, this is any time I get a dessert, a cobbler, and I don't, okay. and I don't, I don't care if it's I, cherry, apple, peach, blackberry, 
I don't care. <laughs> give me, give me cobbler. All the cobbler. Give me all the cobblers, and it's even better when you put a, a scoop of vanilla ice cream with the cobbler. Stick a candle on it, light it, and I'm perfectly happy. <laughs> a, a birthday cobbler. A birthday cobbler. Beanie. Yes. I respect. I respect that's a little different because we're about we're all having similar things here. I like that. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Can. Um. So. A, a very specific. So, a Good. a double chocolate cake, homemade by my mother, um, <laughs> with chocolate chips in it, uh, with chocolate icing, chocolate chips on it, and um, vanilla ice cream. Do you deplete like ten percent of the city's chocolate supply? Probably. <laughs> Probably. It, I I chocolate cake. I could eat chocolate cake every day. Okay. I love chocolate cake. I do too. Um, but my mom's is so good. Whatever recipe she she found when she started making this, it, it's, it's so How good. How often does she do it? Does it? Is it only birthday time? Uh, not only birthdays. She'll make it um, cause, just because we don't see each other as often. Um, she'll make it um, for Christmas, and she will also make it for Thanksgiving. Oh, just give thanks for that, yeah. right? Yeah. Awesome. I, I always look forward to it. I bring home five or six slices every time. Heck um, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's ugh, so good. Well, and then some vanilla ice cream. Hey, nothing nothing like your mama's cooking no. there. And in that case, baking. All right, so my number one is the aforementioned cookie cake, just like Brant's, and it mm. was uh, Cam's number two. Uh, usually get them from Publix. I, I think I like them more from Great American Cookie, but I like Publix a lot. Uh, and my parents have been doing that probably about since the same age, Brian. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Probably early high school ish. Um, and I, but the only contrary, the only difference here with us is I'm not a huge icing person. I really see. It, I it, am not either. It, I am, oh wow, not as so. Big. There's icing I like in different capacities. Like I need a lot of icing on a cupcake. That's a cupcake. There right, right, right. Uh, and and on a regular cake, but. The reason I got a cookie cake is for the cookie, the cookie. not yeah. for the icing. And so the the more realistic problem, as I've dissected this in my <laughs> years and years of receiving cookie cakes, is that cookie cakes are so large, unless you're eating them in a party with a bunch of friends, you're going to have them for days. I mean, you're going to have yep. seven, eight, nine, ten slices, and, and it's going to take several darn, days to consume. Darn right. Right. Um, and so the problem is after a few days, that icing – that texture can change to, a little bit. Yeah, it starts it to can get, also a little, start a to get tougher and stale. Yeah, it can also it can also just. I mean, it's so tough to get off of you depending on that the icing. True. It is that's very true. And the last thing I worry, I don't want to worry about like, hey, I have four blue fingers now. And, <laughs> right. You know, now I've got a and two now, minute cleanup. Now my because now my pants are fun. blue as well. Right, right. I was just trying to have fun, and now I've got to clean everything on my <laughs> on my hands that I just used to consume them. So. Again, the flavor's fine. It's not like it's a. It's more about some logistics there and the fact that I'm just not going to be able to consume that in one, one sitting. So I want a really good cookie to icing, icing ratio. That's there. Interesting. I don't know. I think I kind of like the. I don't know if icing is more of just like a texture thing for me. Maybe I don't know because I do like the taste of icing, but when it gets a little bit older, I don't mind the taste difference. Sure. Like I, I still like the icing even when it's a little bit yeah, older. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't taste bad. It can just get a little more powdery, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, yeah. time. And, for sure. Um, again, it just detracts a little bit. Again, it's not – it's, hey, cookie cake's number one on here. So right. obviously <laughs> it's it's still doing something right. But um, there you have it. Those are our 
top five favorite desserts to get if we are having a birthday, which Mr. Brant Daughtry is today. Brant, again, happy birthday, sir. Thanks for joining us here for a few minutes, and uh, hope the rest of your birthday goes great, man. Thank you, sir. I had a very good time, and uh, I hope so as well. Uh, we're going to take one final time out in the show, back to wrap up the Wednesday edition of Sports Call right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Now, back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Sports call today, Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Canberry, Tom Peavy. Big shout-out one more time to Brant, 25th birthday today. Happy birthday. Sorry, your mic was not on. Try one more time. Birthday, Brant. There we go. I was getting to it. It was coming down the line. <laughs> uh, but uh, happy 25th to Brant. Again, appreciate for uh, appreciate him for being on with us just a few minutes ago, going over a, a little abridged, wacky Wednesday there with our uh, favorite five desserts to get on our birthday next Wednesday. We will have a full-fledged Wacky Wednesday. We'll lock it in right now. It's going to be the blind soda taste test. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what sodas I bought, but we're going to have seven or eight sodas. I'm going to give you cups with a key that only I know, so I will not be able to participate. Someone's got to be the scientist here. Right. And uh, everyone will try these seven or eight sodas. And... Uh, we'll see if you really know your stuff. They're all going to be dark sodas, so we're not going to mix in any of the Sprite or Mountain Dew, Mellow Yellow. There'll be another Wacky Wednesday at some point where we do like someone's brand, just their brand, and go through like their six, seven, eight variations of flavors. So we'll do that at some point too. But next Wednesday, doing the blind taste test for a bunch of these sodas. Can you tell if it's Coke or Pepsi? We'll find out. No, is it going to be like... Diet Coke, Coke, Diet Pepsi. So I've determined Pepsi there, one, there will be like, no diets, Okay, but there will be some zeros. Okay. And the reasoning for that is the zero drinks try harder to emulate their parent drink. Gotcha. Ask Coke, Diet Coke, and Coke Zero people. Diet Coke does not taste like Coke. Coke Zero tries to favor Coke a little bit. So I'm going to mix a couple Zero products in there. I'm not going to tell you which ones I put in there. But just no diet, that is off the table. Gotcha. Throw it away. But Zero is on the table. We'll have at least a couple of them. So that will be our Wacky Wednesday next Wednesday. Excited about that. Everyone get ready. Get tanked up on some soda. Woo! 
Everyone be driving home and swerving and <laughs> a lot of energy. So final minute or two of the show time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Heart Seltzer. Under 20 women's soccer tonight, U.S. Women's National Team versus Panama. That's 6 o'clock on FS1. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves at 620 on Valley Sports South. The conclusion of that series, Braves trying to avoid a sweep. 7 o'clock on TNT, also trying to avoid a sweep, but in a much more serious setting. The Carolina Hurricanes go to Sunrise Florida to take on the Florida Panthers. And 7 o'clock on TNT, Panthers can advance to the Stanley Cup Final as the 8th seed if they win. And then 8 o'clock, that's a lie. It's not going to be 8 o'clock anymore. At some point tonight, in the 9 o'clock hour, Auburn baseball will take on Vanderbilt, the 4-5 and matchup in the SEC tournament. Again, that's going to be about 40 minutes after the Alabama and Florida baseball game, which will throw first pitch any moment now. One movie pick for you tonight, 6 o'clock on FX. It's the Avengers, the very first one, um, not the one that started the craze because some of the you know the Iron Man stuff started the craze, right. but uh, certainly still in the early part of Marvel, oh, yeah, starting to dominate one, the the movie landscape. So six o'clock on FX. That's Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. That will do it for the show today. Tom, thank you for being here today and throughout the week. We'll Absolutely. see you again next week. I'll be here. Looking forward to it. And uh, Cam, thank you for being here today. We'll see you again on Friday. Yes, sir. And, of course, we want to thank Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals for joining us today to talk some Auburn baseball and some Auburn football. Also, Brant Dontry for hopping on the show for a few minutes as well. For Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Wednesday night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.